Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Another Bass and Brews podcast coming at you. We're your weekly distraction from high-quality podcasting content. When you come here, you're going to get a little bit of fishing and a lot of fun. Tonight, we've got a great show for you. A couple North Carolina anglers as our guest and guest co-host, but one of them's from New York. So we're still touching this little Northeast Yankee part of the majority of our listeners. Mark, how you doing tonight, buddy? Mark, Mark Glendy, our guest. Well, what's up? Appreciate you having me, Paul. How you been? Man, I've been doing. How you been? Hey, getting to fish North Carolina last Saturday and ice fishing by Monday. So I'll take it. <laughs> hey, do you remember what episode you were on? I meant to look that shit up, but I'm a terrible uh, host. I feel That's like why I need Alex back. So he can have all the all the all the stuff lined up and keep us under four hours. But do you remember what what I'm going to look at it? I thought it was episode. You have thir- no idea what what episode you were. I think it was episode thirteen, if I recall, because I thought it was kind of fun that it was thirteen, and of course that's the gear that I use. So my rods and reels are all thirteen fishing. So huh. we're going to go with that. <laughs> We're going to go with that. Mark was a guest on episode 13. Mark is a top 10 finisher in the Bass Nation Kayak Championship something or another. They just changed the name, apparently, to Bassmaster something championship. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this this last one that we had about a year ago now, a year ago next weekend, he was, he was in the top 10 with that. And we had him on to tell the story. It was a great time. It was a good time. It was an awesome so, time. Really enjoyed it being on and hope Alex is doing well. Definitely uh, wish he could be here to join us, but can't yeah, on for him look for him. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, you know what? You know, he can't show up since November and he's just going to show up and take stuff over, which I'm very thankful for. So I can sit back, drink and just, you know, be the pretty face, the handsomeness of Bass and Brews. And Mark is also a bearded fella, even though um, he looks like he's in preparation to be Santa Claus here in, in about 11 months. Yep. Yeah, it's it's gotten white. It's gotten even more white since the classic, actually. So, I, yeah, it was just I in know, June. Man. It wasn't that long ago. I don't know how it got that much more white, but it did. I know. That shit ain't even gray no more. You have entered into the silverback of beards. 
I think that's kind of the approach I'm going for. You know, I just want people to be intimidated and scared of me when I get to the launch, thinking that some silverback gorilla just escaped from the local zoo and coming to take their kayaks or something. <laughs> Look, if you want to take my kayak, you better bring some brawn with you because I might can't fight, but I'm crazy. And we always know that crazy always has a chance to win. <laughs> All I know is I got to bring a sandwich and throw it over in the corner and distract you. That's all I got to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't eat when I fish. I don't eat when I fish. So we good. You bring all the sandwiches you want. I ain't eating that shit. I don't want to mess up my tummy before I go fishing. Especially Tonight. With- what were you saying, Mark? I was going to say, especially if you got Last Cast Carter out there giving you a hard time about what you're doing in the woods. <laughs> can't, can't look Carter. Can't look Carter. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and if y'all haven't. Alliteration in there. <laughs> yeah. If y'all haven't, go check out. Uh, I, I posted a YouTube video of it. It's on Instagram and TikTok <laughs> and all that shit. But go check out uh, the video. We caught a couple fish. I split it into two. Catching the fish, really nothing exciting about it. They weren't huge. I did catch a bow fin, so that was fun. But Carter, my son, my seven-year-old son, his commentary during during these catches was amazing. And what I didn't get was that for the next, like, three hours after catching the bow fin, I caught him almost back-to-back. For the next, like, three hours, he just kept telling me how lucky I was because I hadn't caught fish the last – few times we've been he kept telling me how lucky i was was all right boy shut up i know i'm lucky just be quiet sit back there eat your snacks let me let me fish tonight we have dave chasing 20 kayak fishing on the instagram is our is our guest tonight and dave is a is over here local north carolina boy me we all three fish one of our local trails couple of our local trails and Dave was also at the Bass Nation Kayak Championship Series tournament last year. I'm sure we'll talk about that some. But Dave, how you doing tonight? But he's also a bearded brother too. It's his his is nice and trim. Man, though. you know, I thought about Paul when I saw your beard earlier um, this this winter. I was watching some of these, and I thought, man, I, I'm going to compete, and I'm going to grow it out. But I, you know, I I spent all of the last couple of years growing the top of my head out, and I, I've always kept it with trend. And then then I thought, what's the point? Because Mark's got to beat anyway, so. Um, well, so man, here's I, the thing, good, man. I, Real quick, yeah, we'll take this back to one of our episodes with Paddler and Finn. The Paddler, uh, the shit, damn, I messed that <laughs> up. The Paddler's Network, guys. And the question I'll ask y'all, y'all put it in the comments, whatever, post, Instagram, whatever, bald or not. Look at the three of us. I know y'all know what I am. But y'all have a question is bald or not? Oh look, oh Dave, Dave, internet messed up. Is, I was gonna say, is that my internet? Is that your internet, Paul? I don't know. I've got Mark good. Mark, you got me. Yeah, I got you good, Dave. I, I... <laughs> blaming me already for not. Yeah, it don't matter. We back now. But bald or not? All right, Dave, how you doing? On this pot, me and Mark have been here before, and nothing happened bad not that i can remember and here you show up and the internet goes off 
Well, you know, I'll, I'll take it as they come, but man, I'm great. I'm, uh, I'm wondering what I'm doing with two guys that haven't caught a fish all winter, but, uh, I'm trying to hold up my bargain. I know, you know, uh, I'm a little questionable of a guy that's from New York and says he doesn't like to fish in the cold, but I never said I don't yeah. like to fish in the cold. <laughs> I just have other stuff that I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I just went out ice fishing last night. You did. I'll give it to you, man. You finally, you're coming back around. So, so faith is, I already saying. fished a tournament this year. Raise your hand. If you fished a tournament this year. Does a monthly count? Because I'm in. No. Okay. Well. <laughs> nope. 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 Live only. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. I put in for the January monthly where I didn't catch fish, and also <laughs> the the Queen City Big Bass thing. I can't remember what they called it that we had to cancel because of some inclement weather. I fished that too, and didn't catch a fish. So you. Know, Every whoever won my money, you're you're welcome. Well, that just so means Dave, like, buddy. I'm gonna go into it. If my first tournament, I'll just expect not to catch a fish and we'll even up score. <laughs> hey, so. I caught three Whoa. fish for my first tournament, so I'll take it. Yeah, and yeah, Norman's tough, man. <laughs> to win like that, I've yeah. been there, done that in the fall, man. It is no fun out there. That's a that's a not a fun place to be when that wind gets up. First of all, on Bass and Brews, our guests never go into a tournament. Not thinking they ain't gonna win. I mean, look, I every tournament I go into, I'm like, I'm winning this bitch, and when I don't, I get pissed off. But you can't go in there with a mindset I might not catch a fish. You ain't ever gonna win on that dumb <laughs> shit. Anyway, we getting off topic already. This ain't mindset. Already, we're showing the fisherman. Showing the fisherman and me get a. We got another mindset coming up soon because me and him, we got a beef that that we gotta we, we gotta go through. Because I told him he was a much better fisherman, angler, than he actually was. And he called luck anyway. Y'all listen to Jigs and Bigs. Great podcast for our people. Also, before I forget any longer, Hooks at Hoodlums. Go check them out. Great apparel. They got some winter stuff out right now. I know none of y'all Southerners down here care about that stuff. But they do have, they, they, got, they got some regular stuff out. Hooks at Hoodlums use code HEELS, H-E-E-L-S, 10 HEELS, 10 for 10% discount. So, Dave, we'll get back to this, and hopefully we can carry this more than three words. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, before we get too much further, I'm a little thirsty. I know we're going to get there, but, you know, hey, hey, just a little, little jab there. Uh, but I'm good, man. I, you know, I've been out fishing quite a bit this winter. It's, uh, it's been pretty good. Bites have been slow, but it's been good bites. Um, you know, just looking forward to the, to the tournament season coming up and figuring out where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing and um, – you know, it's always a learning experience every time you're on the water. So just looking forward to it, man. That's it's gonna be here. First of, all, first of all, Mr. Al from Tool Time. Because that's who you look like right now, with your flannel shirt on and your close crop beard. You look like Al. What the hell? I call it Tool Al Time. Borland. Al, Al Borland. Borland. Yeah. yeah, but Tool what's time. the name of the show? That Tool Time was a show within the show. Um, what'd you say, Mark? I was trying. I thought it was called Tool Time. It is Tool Time, isn't it? Uh, tool Time was the show within the show. Home improvement. What was home improvement? Home improvement. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, look, y'all. Welcome to Bass and Bruce <laughs> Podcast. We got Mark Glenn's guest co-host, and tonight as our guest, we have Al Borland from Tool Time on Home Improvement, right here in front of us. The man ain't aged in 30 years. Look at that. That ain't that something. <laughs> Look at this, man. Picked up fish. Don't you, 
don't you ever talk about being thirsty on my podcast again, or we're going to name you somebody else. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to it then, since Mr. Al Borland, and that's going to be his name for the rest of the night, since he's pressuring me. Obviously, he can't do a four-hour podcast tonight because he's trying to keep us on track like Cupcake Coley and 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 Tiffany from Texas Fast Babe has done, the only two that have been able to do it besides Alex because he's in charge when he's here. All right, what y'all got to drink tonight? Mark, we're going to start with you, buddy. Being that I'm up north, have to go with the uh, Labatt's Blue. I, I'm usually not the light, but that what's, that's what's in the fridge. So a uh, little ode to our northern friends. Nice. I love it. What you got there, Dave? Well, Paul, an ode, an ode to you, man. I know you're a, a culinary fella, and uh, you know I, I like to pair my, my beverages with something nice, but I thought I'd go a little outside and you know, I'm here to have the beer of meals tonight. The Denty Moore. <laughs> it's the beer of meals. Now, I tell I, you- hey, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. I, I, Whoever you're sleeping with tonight, I, I do pray <laughs> for their health and safety in the morning. <laughs> it's me and the dog. <laughs> no, I, you know, <laughs> in all seriousness, no. So I've got a local brew. Uh, this is from in down the road in Graham, North Carolina, Forgotten Road Ales. Um, oh, nice! Right off, right off the interstate. If you're ever out this way fishing, uh, Mark's been there actually. Yeah. Um, you know so, they do a lot. Of what interstate? Their, interstate forty. I forty. I forty in Graham. Also, I-40 go get some Hershey's barbecue. Yeah, there's some better options out there, but we're not going to talk about that. I, I, I agree, but that's what John Bo and Billy say, and they've been around for like 45 years now. So I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be relevant and important. You can do it, man. But I tell you, Burns is known for Hershey's and Zach's, and there's better options in my opinion. Both of them. Look, if y'all want good barbecue, come to my house. I'll Let's make some it. good barbecue. I promise. I've been you waiting that. for the invite. You keep posting pics and stuff, and I don't ever get a text. So, well, because we eat it all. Well, you couldn't eat it all if I was there to eat some of it. Well, I mean, you know, sometime <laughs> in the future that should have... Don't make me feel bad about myself on my own podcast or Alex's podcast. Anyway, y'all know what I'm drinking tonight because I'm a fat ass trying to lose weight. Plus, they got eight they got eight ABVs in them. I'm powered by a White Claw Surge tonight. Delicious. And it also keeps you wild without the hangover. That's what I'm going to say. Y'all ready to crack these open? Let's do it. Let's go for it. Three, two, one. Oh, Lord, they're ahead of the game. Look, I try to bring some local guys on, and they fuck the <laughs> podcast up. You got to count faster. You already heard the man. He's thirsty. He's Y'all been down, down, down here long. I know, man's eating dinty more pudding pops. <laughs> and he's got so <laughs> hey. much sodium in them so they don't go bad. He's got to drink. He's got to drink. You know, five beers to a glass of water to keep hydrated. I love it. Hey, this is no preservative, so if that's not sodium, I don't know what is. But <laughs> I did. All right, Dave. If I get in trouble, I will eat this. But uh, yeah, we'll put that back on for uh, MRE days or whatever. <laughs> but I want to show you this, this beer before we get into it. I like this beer because it, it makes me feel like I'm drinking like a fruity beverage, like a, a it's healthy for me, right? I mean that that is a hazy IPA that you you can't see anything through. That's yeah. a meal in itself, right there. That's what they're known I for. Know. This, is, this is a call sign money taker, double dry hop, New England IPA, seven point three, three different hops. Shit, hey, that shit is hazy as that shit is hazy as Snoop Dogg's car, dude. You won't <laughs> buy one. 
you won't find one hazier than that, man. What color crankbait would you throw on that, Dave? It <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it. Um, is it thirteen makes that black one, or who who makes that black? Six cents, I think, makes a black one, black and blue. I throw that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. So, Dave, so Dave, tell us, tell us about your. What's your story? What brought you? What brought you to where you are in your fishing prowess right now? What brought you to where you are right now in fishing? So I can say, you know, growing up, it's the same old song and dance everybody has. You know, um, dad grew up, took us fishing. Friends, dads took us fishing. Never had a boat. Um, had an uncle had a bass boat. Um, I mentioned in our in our warm up, I've been in a bass boat twice in my life, and once was with my uncle. Didn't sleep the whole night before. Just so jazzed up to go on a lake and didn't catch a damn thing. So, um, but uh, you know, just <laughs> you're like fuck bass boats. I'm going yeah, to the no, bank. I think we caught. I think he caught one pike, uh, and that was that was in Northern Virginia. So whether you want to call them jacks or pike or pickerel, or whatever. It's a Northern pike. Oh, if it's Lord. not a chain pickerel. Jeez. It's a Northern pike. It wasn't a jack. It was northern. It was cold waters. Cold clear water. The jackfish. It's a jackfish on bass and bruise. It's a jackfish. Salmon, salmon, brim, bream. <laughs> No, it's, it's jackfish, it's salmon, and it's brim. <laughs> and it's anglers. It ain't fishermen, it's anglers. Hey, Those four I, hey, things will get your ass chastised. Hey, hey, I'm gonna drop, I know you said, hey, so we are in the Bible belt. I'm going to leave it at that. It's in the Bible. Matthew 4, 19, he said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Ain't fishermen <laughs> of men, ain't fisherwomen of men. Fishers, so there's your. Anybody <laughs> wants to test you on that? That's solid. Hey, hey, I get the fishers of men, but we ain't fishermen. We anglers. Fishers, anglers. <laughs> I'm not over here being right. a protractor. What are you talking about, angles, anglers? <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. I Mark I have Mark I have the power. Hold up, look. I have the power of the remove button. This is the oh, earliest. Oh, this is he done it. This is the earliest anybody has ever been removed from Bass and Bruce. Good job, Bart Glendy. Good job. Sorry. I try and be <laughs> the right, first Dave. to do many things. All right, Dave. So your uncle had a bass boat. You've been on the bass boat once, didn't catch a damn thing. What yeah, what, so you know, just typical the story. fishing around with, with buddies in high school at the pond. Um, you know, you could we could go off on some stories about um, when I was even younger catching a catfish out of a dip net out of a rain ditch and leaving it to die in my utility sink we could talk about getting where was it walmart police for fishing real real quick where where where, where'd you grow up where's this happening what state what what city what town so originally born in maryland um but this my first fishing experiences were in indiana growing up in indiana a couple local catfish ponds wabash river we had some uh old quarries across the border in Illinois. We'd go crappie fishing, had a couple lakes. We'd go with some buddies. and um, So Indiana's where it started. Um, so the story there is, I don't know, I was, I was riding my bike a couple blocks from home and came across a little ditch, you know, rain ditch. Had, had you know, perennial water in it, I guess. And there's, I don't know how it got there or why it was there, but there was a one of those dark black catfish, probably, I don't know, foot and a half in length, sitting in there. So I went home, mile away, got a net, went back up with my bike, scooped the catfish up. I'm pedaling my bike all the way home with the, you know, it's probably a three pound, four pound catfish. 
pedal at home. I'm sure I'm getting looks left and right. And I fill up our utility sink in the basement, unbeknownst to my parents whatsoever. The catfish is nasty, half dead, sores, ick all over it. So that's my new pet is that catfish. And uh, I had him for about an hour, went to a buddy's house to spend the night. And uh, the catfish met its demise in our utility sink and stunk up the whole place. And so I was not allowed to catch the catfish after that. That is a true story. <laughs> How long did it take for your parents to find the catfish? I'm just thankful they didn't call my friend's parents in the middle of the night. I'm glad that they figured out what the stench was and deduced that it was likely not my brother or sister. <laughs> and then I had, I had it in for me when I got home the next day. So at some point in the evening or when they were up making coffee, I, I don't know. Dave, you sound like the original catfish Newton. <laughs> hey, so I've got what, a lot of, I, I've made very good acquaintances with catfish this past couple months. So maybe, maybe you're on the <laughs> If you blade bait in the wintertime around down here, you're going to catch catfish. Hey, there's a catfish. That ain't ain't no secret. I may do that instead of Jordan. I heard <laughs> what? I mean, Steve Perry going to go out there. Catfish tournament, Harris on Saturday. Oh, hmm. shit. Going to get into a new a new gig. No, I'm not doing that. But hold up, they got catfishing tournaments at Harris. I heard I heard they the big cats in Harris. Oh no, they're in there. Yeah. Hmm. I still want to see so the they, one that Steve caught. I need pictures. I need evidence that one. Oh yeah. We say he caught like a 30 pounder, didn't he? He said yeah. it was like a kayak. I don't know. I mean, I believe him because and he caught it, he got into one on Jordan, he said, uh past week. But hmm. yeah, he didn't get a picture of it. He's too scared. He said it was it was gonna flip him. So hmm. Look, kayak catfish be pulling in sixty pounders into his kayak, and he ain't scared. I look if there ain't no photo, I don't believe it. I lost a the, last weekend. I lost a five to six pounder on Jordan, but it was probably closer to the four to five pound range. But I didn't get it in the boat, so I got to talk it up. And just so y'all know, I caught it at Farrington. On on the on the rip wrap, so everybody go to Farrington and fish rip wrap. This week. <laughs> what the catfish is about, anyway. So Dave, tell us. So that's your cat. You scooped the catfish up in a damn net. How did yep. it turn you into a professional kayak angler, a a PKA? How did it so, turn you into? A- so fast forward, I mean, high school got a little more serious about fishing. Um, to the point where the Walmart police got me. Um, ah. Circle back to that. That's that's a good story. But uh, um, well, tell it now. Not, we circling back. All right, this is go. your story. So, pond fishing with a good buddy of mine, um, and this was before like I knew anything about when when a bass spawn was or what seasons were best. I mean, for me, it was like if it's summer evening, you know, throw a plastic worm and see what happens. And you know, so that that's you know, I'd learned that back to Maryland before I was. This is so. Let me, time out get ahead of myself went from indiana to maryland for my middle school years um fished some lakes around there um did pretty good you know just catching bass and nothing nothing huge just beating the bank didn't have a boat or anything like that still so then on to moved to uh charlotte in the mid late 90s Mm. so buddy of mine were out um little neighborhood pond and didn't know anything about, you know, bass spawn or when that was, you know, summertime. That's that's when I needed to fish. But he was like, hey, we got to go check this out. So we, we went out there and um, had a little rout trap and beat in the bank and just smoked them. Well, we lost the rattle trap. 
the only one we have between the two of us. So where do you go? You go to Walmart. That's the only place we need to get fishing tackle. Well, he was the, uh, the bad influence of the situation. Um, but we had to get out, you know, this was by the time we fished that evening, um, this was in April. It was the week of Easter. I remember. So we fished the evening before till dark. Walmart's the only place open. We go make a beeline. And of course we're in the aisles of Walmart being stupid high schoolers and he has the great idea. Hey, let's just take these rattle traps because Bill Lewis doesn't need his cut. So we, you know, we probably took about three or four rattle traps, $7 between us. We probably had 50, 60 bucks of cash, even as high schoolers in our, in our wallets together. And, and then the Walmart police got us. And, uh, what, what the worst part about it was I was 15 years old at the time. My buddy was 16. So he actually got charged by the, the real police and went through the real legal system. And, <laughs> His dad, you know, was, you know, tied to lawyers, or whatever. So he got off, right? Didn't have to do a thing. Me, however, being 15, had to go through, uh, you know, the, what was it called? Like a young jury system or whatever. So I had to go to a DA and he heard the story. He's like, well, after hearing it from me, at least for some good, he's like, I knew you wasn't all as bad when it was fishing lures. He's like, just buy the fishing lures <laughs> next time. So long story short, like I had to, you know, I had to sit through like, you know, sit on a jerk or be, be in a real trial of my peers of 13 to 15 year olds and be embarrassed and all that. Just, you know, then I had to be a juror for like three. I mean, it was like community service to a T like it, it went on for six months anyways. So I've been, you know, to this time I'm banned for life from the Walmart in Pineville, North Carolina at the Arboretum. You ever, you know, that spot. I'm not, not likely they would recognize who you are Alabama. now. I, if I sign an autograph, I get in, right? I mean, I'm out of order. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Wild Bill, this man needs to be part of Hookset Hoodlums because besides Cody Lockwood and probably OG Scuba Steve, he might be the most hoodlumist of them all. <laughs> Stealing <laughs> so, rattle traps so from Walmart. So you got caught trying to steal rattle traps from Walmart during pre-spawn. Yep. Where do we go from there? So did then you, we get did to you where, did you break into Bass Pro Shops we, a couple no, years later and steal boats and and all their radar like what what happened here? You're did stealing you, how he got his first a, kayak now. You're stealing. You already stole how he got his first kayak. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next part. Oh of the shit! Story, man. <laughs> this man didn't buy an ascend. He stole that shit. So, <laughs> so no man. That, I guess that scared me straight if you will. I've got that's that's the only blemish on the record to this day. So, you know, but well, good so getting back into kayak, you know, I, I came, um, settled, you know, I went to went to school at App State, got into the fly fishing thing a little bit up there, um, loved it, fished a couple of ponds up there, but it really wasn't until I moved um back to this area um after college. So you're we talking two thousand six, mm. moved to this area. And uh, you know, I had a met my wife and uh, her folks had a place up at Heiko Lake. So mm-hmm. I cut my teeth up there, um, started off kayak fishing. You know, my father-in-law had cheap little sit-in Pelican or sun dolphins, whatever they were. And, you know, if you want to talk about a place to, to cut your teeth and it, the, the pleasure boaters up there, it, it was awful. It used to be awful back in the day. They, they've raised the, the ramp fees up there. So it's, it's put a, uh, and Heiko is a, is a, it's a very small, deep, clear water lake, right? No. 
Okay. Well, it's I, it, good. It's like I was lake. talking about some other lake. <laughs> Mayo. May, you're probably thinking of Mayo. Or Belize. Yes. Or Belize. Okay. Belize. I was thinking of Mayo then. Yeah. May, yeah so, but, but Mayo's Belize got big fish in it too. Mayo's got huge fish. Yeah. 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 But Heiko, so, you know, I think, I think what it was is, um, you know, it's the closest lake to Raleigh Durham that has houses on it. So I think my theory is when VRBO, Airbnbs, all that took off, people make a beeline up there. And so people got really used to running their jet skis and, um, mm. you know, skiing, waterboard, all that stuff up there. Um, but anyways, it's, you know, it's, a, it was a great lake to learn on. Um, you know, I was, was in a city for a couple of years. Yeah. What year was that, that you started fishing in the kayak? That was, uh, probably 2007 ish. So this is fishing out of a kayak in a lake a reservoir like way before uh, well not way before but it was very early on in the kayak scene at that point in time was when the kayak scene was was kind of big in the you know in the narrow reaches of of river fishing mm-hmm. but fishing out of that in a lake that that's very early on i mean that's that's a long time ago when we think about the kayak world where we are now and so yeah. you started in, in a kayak in that time, and that's how you cut your teeth. Still no boats, right? Just the kayak. Still no boats, yeah. I mean, like 2004-ish, I had one boat trip to Wisconsin. Um, that's it. That's the only time I've been in a bass boat. That's, that's the last time I've been in a bass boat. Um, and so were you just throwing, like, plastic worms or jigs and some top waters, or were you following Bassmaster and trying to do all these different things? Like, what, what did what did your fishing look like in 2007 to, let's say, 2012, kind of when the, the, the kayak scene started to grow bigger and you started to have some tournament trails? Well, so... For me, you know, I, I owned nothing but spinning gear. Didn't know what a bait caster. I mean, I knew what a bait caster was. Never touched one. Never tried to throw it. Um, so for me, it was yeah. It was like you know, I learned kind of throwing a Texas rig worm. Uh, a, f- some point, fell in love with a with a weightless fluke. Um, that was kind of my go to. Um, you know, never heard of a jig. Never threw a crankbait. Never threw a spinner bait. Threw the rattle trap, obviously. Um, knew of that, so I threw that a little bit. Told <laughs> that a little bit. Yeah. The only rattle traps this man ever threw were the ones he stole <laughs> and didn't get caught stealing. <laughs> Got trauma from that trip. <laughs> I might still have that exact rattle trap. I don't know. We'll see. I remember we called, it, was ble- it was like a bleeding shad. I remember it was like the not, not the it was the it was the black top with the chrome and and the red on it, not the blue back, but the black back. Oh shit! Exactly Keep talking. I might have one. Keep talking. You probably do. It's, it's a good little lure, man. <laughs> But no, I mean, it was real basic. I, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a lot of gear. I mean, I, I kind of remember growing up, like, you know, I would I would go through the, my uncle had the Bass Master catalog or, whatever, or the Bass Pro Shops catalog, and I'd thumb through it and, you know, say, oh, I need this. I mean, I remember, like, buying a bunch of those uh, little Rebel crawfish yep. that were big for smallmouth. Never caught a thing on ever. I mean, you know, half a dozen of them. But, uh, yeah, for me, and obviously rooster tail. I mean, who, did, who hadn't thrown a rooster tail growing up? I mean, that's just a staple. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's funny because I tell people that like, so that was like 2007 ish, 2008 ish, really. And uh, so I, I live, you know, right amongst some of the best lakes in the area. I've crossed Jordan Lake, I don't know how many thousands of times because it's on my way to work. I'd never fished it till last year, believe it or not. Never fished McIntosh maybe once or twice till last year. 
Um, so in hindsight, where I screwed up was, yeah, it was cool that I, I learned to kite fish and I bought, you know, I, I bought first a sit-in, uh, a perception sit-in, 10 foot, or sorry, sit on top, but n- not pedal. Um, so I did upright ones and then really got bit by it and bought the perception pescador 12 and a half pedal. Still have it. Great little kayak. Um, what was that? So I upgraded to the perception uh, pescador probably in 2015 i want to say 16 so what what made you want to upgrade to the pedal at that point were you fishing kayak tournaments at that point i was not no no my first time what made what made you want to want to upgrade in 2015 so just you know i obviously that's when it got popular and it was a no-brainer said man like the worst thing ever is to do this and then pick up your rod and try to do this and do this and you know i said and i never i mean i bought it without even testing one i just i need one gotta have one so um saved up a little bit of money and uh went over i got it from rei and uh Mm. sight unseen picked it up and the first thing i learned was ain't no way i can put that on top of my car Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) no like it killed me that that 10 foot was no problem but that 12 and a half footer man Mm -mm. Um, and I had some, you know, I had the Malone Sea Wings. They were pretty good little, yeah, little rack. I mean, but it just not. Nah, so then it was, you know, just like everything is kayak DIY. Like found a an old trailer sitting around, salvaged it, got all the rust off it, fixed it up. I mean, it looks reeking ink, but it, it still works. And um, so in 2015, when you got that too, there were no tournament trails in this area in the Raleigh area, right? Well, well, so I believe CKA was around. I, don't quote me on that. I mean, I don't know when they started, mm. but you know, in hindsight. That's kind of, you know, maybe it's a good thing, right? I mean, you know, but I fished and my tunnel vision was, let me go up to Heiko. I got the private launch. I'm comfortable. I can, you know, pretty much know where to catch fish up there. And, you know, that's what I did for years. I mean, five, six years. Um, that's what I did. I mean, I didn't even think about going to these local lakes in my kayak. I just always made a beeline up there. Um, it just is what it is. In hindsight, I mean, I know there were some tournaments going on probably – 2018 is probably, I think, when they started. Um, I know CK, I think, had some events around then. Yeah, I think, yeah, and I could be wrong. We could go look at it, but I'm not. Yeah. But, yeah, I think 2018 was when CKA came about, somewhere around that time frame. Because I think uh, Henry of uh, John Hank was was one of the leaders in that. So then all right, you were just kayak fishing to fish. This is what got you off the bank and got you out there when did you get into the competitive kayak angling side and what drove you there? So just dumb luck, really. Um, so on Facebook, saw the post for the, uh, the qualifier for the BASS uh, event at Sharon Harris. I saw it literally probably a week before the thing was supposed to happen. And, and I'm looking, I'm like, man, I have no idea how these happen. Like, do I just show up? Do I have to pay in advance? Do I, you know, what do I need? Had none of the stuff. That's I mean, okay. I've never. Hey, that's okay. Apparently, the people running the tournament didn't know any of that shit either. So go ahead. <laughs> well, that's yes. So I mean, <laughs> we all that was a great learning experience for all of us, and um, and we'll we'll get into that because it's a great story. Um, but yeah, I saw the post. And I was like, man, so. You know, at, at the time, like when I was at Heiko, like I had my comfort spots, you know, and I'd say, well, I can catch 20 fish a day at these spots. And if I don't, I'm, I'm mad. So 
then I said, okay, at Haiku, let me see if I can branch out and, you know, what I guess you would call patterning, right? Like, let's try this here. Let's try that, you know, branched out from just fishing in the summer. Let me try, you know, pre-spawn fishing. Let me try winter fishing all that stuff. And so that event popped up um, at Sharon Harris, November. I, I found out about it like a week in advance. I'm emailing so that guy. 2019, right? November 2019. 2019. That was 2020, October of 2020. Okay. October 2020. October 2020. So that's your first ever competitive kayak angling experience. That's right. Okay. All right. That's right. And um, so didn't have a measuring board. um, Didn't know where to get one. So, you know, I I made the decision like literally like days in advance. I, again, heard all about Sharon Harris. It's one of those places like you you hear about, like, you know, you just have that tingly feeling when you show up at that ramp. So I'm there literally the day before on Friday. It's the first time I've ever seen Sharon Harris. I had ordered a hog trough. It was delayed getting to me. So I go out the day before and Mark can attest to this. I catch one bass, like, I don't know, an hour, maybe 30 minutes into practice uh, on a buzz bait. I'm like, okay, this is probably, you know, it's like an 18 inch fish. I'm like, that's cool. Then the bottom falls out. Wind, rain, deluge, miserable, pours rain. I'm in I'm on that lake all day long till like two or three o'clock. Meanwhile, I'm on my cell phone in the rain trying to look, and I find that there's a hog trough at Cabela's in Garner. So I'm, you know, I live an hour, hour plus west of Sharon Harris. I fished all day, got up early, fished all day. I got this thing reserved. Frustrated, I can't find a fish anywhere that whole afternoon. Go to Cabela's an hour the other direction, pick up my hog trough, go back all the way home. Rerig everything, same old song and dance, get two hours of sleep, don't know what I'm doing, show up to the ramp and fish the event, finish second, lost my first fish, um, you know, because we had keychain <laughs> identifiers. <laughs> yeah. It was just a mess. I mean, you know. Yeah. But, so who, uh, who won that event? So so that's Matt Dunn won that event. Um, it was such a tough day. Very few fish were caught. I mean, it was just, you know, the whole upper end, I mean, it's no secret, the up by the bridge um, coming out of Holman, completely blown out. I mean, I know that's where a lot of guys love to fish. You know, I think most of the field went up there. I didn't go up there because um, I practiced up there and, and just didn't feel it. So, um, but I went from 830 in the morning in practice till 1230 in the afternoon the following day with God knows, I don't know, 10 hours of fishing in between without a bite. And uh, the very first welcome to Harris. Yep. Yeah, welcome to Harris. The very first tournament fish I ever caught, and I've got it on GoPro, was a twenty and a half inch bass <laughs> that they came up schooling. I had it on my hog trough, and I didn't. I mean, I thought you know we we took. I mean, I did enough research to know. Okay, we'll get a little ID card, right? And I just assumed that I was going to get a nice little sleeve to put it in. <laughs> no, I was handed a plastic little key tag with a number on it well you know i was like what do i do so i I had a sandwich so i put it in my sandwich bag so i have a 20 and a half inch fish on my board did you eat the sandwich first i did well i I might have thrown in the water at this point i don't know i was so fucked up i don't know man i I got a fish finally it's a big one Um, and uh man so so i'm measuring this fish and the wind gets up and i the the key tag the key tags in a in a little baggie and the wind blows my bag's blowing so I go to open the bag and as soon as I do take my my 
attention off the fish. And the crazy thing was, I've never had a fish do this to this day. Usually they'll flop and they'll kind of flop forward. Somehow this 20 and a half inch bass, which typically they don't flop, you know, big bass typically don't flop. Somehow that thing kicked once and went in reverse. And, just, <laughs> and off it went. So kudos to Matt Dunn. He won that thing, but I should have won that thing by five inches. Second, qualified, rest is history. Went to Texas. Yeah. It was awesome. I want to talk about that. We had a great yeah. time. We will. Any tournament yeah. on Harris, Matt Dunn is, well, fuck. Any tournament in the CK, CCKF and CK, Matt Dunn's going to be, he's fishing, he's going to be up there. I want to back up a little bit. How did the, you and Mark get connected? Because it sounds like, were y'all connected before that qualifying event, or did y'all get connected there? So we we met there, and, and I remember shaking Mark's hand, but then we didn't talk again for – for months on end. I mean, I, you know, that's the first time I'd met, you know, I remember meeting Matt and, you know, in typical Matt Dunn fashion, you know, goes around, shakes everybody's hand, congratulate and met Mark. Um, <laughs> you know, after that, I didn't talk to Mark for months. Um, I think it was just through, um, we had messaged a little bit. So that January, so a couple months later, um, right after Christmas, he was like, well, let's go fish. So we went up to Blues Lake and uh, we fished up there got the big old fat skunk between the two of us. And I think, well, if we can have a good day, I knew Mark was a good dude because I told my wife, she was in trouble. If you can go fishing with a guy all day long and not <laughs> catch a fish, but you're there from 6 a.m. till dark, yeah, we were you know you're in good company. So yeah. that, that's, that, that's where that started was that, that trip to Blues. That, yeah. That's why when people say, hey, man, my buddy likes to fish. And I go, okay, do they like to just go fishing? Or do they like to fish? Because there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Like people people wanted to go fishing with me in high school, for instance. I had a little John boat with a trolling motor set up on it. And people wanted to go fishing me all the time. But then like 10 minutes in, two hours in, ain't no fish biting or something. They want to go home. Like, look, bitch, we ain't going home. <laughs> it could be re- we're in South Carolina. Ain't ain't often that you get ice on your reel in South Carolina, they get ice and be over there shivering in the front boat, wanting to go. I'm like, nope, I'll let you off when we get to, close to the bank again, but it ain't going to be anytime soon. There's a big difference in people who like to fish and people who go fishing. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. I'm saying when I, I go to the coast, I mean, my wife knows this point, like, you know, if we better have a, a front row house because I'm going to be out there before dawn with my surf rods out. And then that was before I got a kayak. She was in even bigger trouble when I got the kayak because now I had the insurance <laughs> down there. And I disappeared. Yeah. Hours, days on end, you know, just – and she, God love so, her. She loves me to, to let me do that. So. so your first competitive kayak angling tournament qualified you for the 2020 uh, Bass Nation Kayak Championship Series. That's where you met, obviously, some of the CCKF guys and CC, CKA guys – this was October of 2020, right? Right. So what's interesting is I, I just started kayak fishing in November of 2020, so I just missed all that. <laughs> um, and so I've just gotten into it then. But you met Mark, and y'all became buddies through that. And and y'all, y'all ended up going down to the Bass Nation Kayak Championship together. Right. That's right. So 
Yeah, so last year, um, obviously, they, they postponed it a little bit. It was supposed to be in March like it is this year, but they postponed it to June um, and switched lakes, thankfully. Um, you know, it was supposed to be originally at Louisville Lake right outside of Fort Worth. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, based on what I heard, it's pretty much, you know, you can equate that to kind of like Randleman Lake here. Like, people just hate it. Not for, for different reasons, but, like, no one was jazzed. It's a party there. lake. It's supposed yeah, party to be lake. one of the most dangerous lakes in America during that right. time of year. So Right. Yeah. So when they, push, yeah, when they push it to June, like, they're like, no way. Even on a weekday. Like, forget about it. People will die. And so, you know, there was a lot of a lot of chatter. You know, I wouldn't pay attention to it. And then when they announced it, I mean, where it was, one Google search, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, look at this place. Like, this is amazing. Like, I, you know, I'm thankful for how it played out with the conditions at Possum Kingdom. I mean, we can talk about it. Like, I mean, you took a huge lake with a lot of different variety, and you made it fish this big. Um, but that lake under normal conditions, I mean – you could do anything you want. I mean, it's got deep, clear water. It's got grass. It's got backwater rivers. It's got chunk rock. It's got bluff walls. It's got, I mean, you talk about a fishing paradise, that place. I, I can't mm-hmm. wait. I will go back to that lake. I can't wait to go back. Well, Josh Jones, uh, he was saying that he's mm-hmm. going back there because Sherlock. they just weighed two share lunkers that were yep. over 13 pounds out of Possum Kingdom. And I think that yep. uh, like Mark Pentagraph and, uh, Joe McElroy, who really put on the show for that first and second uh, place run at the championship. I mean, put that place on the map. Yeah. Those those fish are the ones that like they bring you back every time. And, oh yeah, well, and, and I, Brad Case had a great tournament too. I mean, he was over 200 inches and he still came in third. But yeah, they got some giants in that lake. And I'm not I'm not going to say. I mean. In my mind, I lost one of those fish. I mean, I I saw it. It stared at me a couple times, like Catfish Hunter in the in the my favorite movie, Grumpy Old Man. <laughs> but I, I'm convinced to this day that I lost the ten there. Um, but, and Dave, you had a good first day and then a bad second day, right? So so I had an okay first day and a great second. I had a great flurry the okay. second day. Is what it was. So I you know heartbreaking story i mean you know it was really it was a great experience with mark i mean I, that's the first time you know again under my belt at this point you know i had fished so take it back to 2020 like i fished that qualifier and i think i fished three events um and did really well and i was like is this dumb luck is this you know I, I they mean, were three local events right three local events so it was falls right. lake um placed second in that uh sharon harris actually won that event um in november of 2020 and um the battle of the border up at Kerr, Kerr mm. Reservoir. And I think I finished eighth at that one. So and then you fish th- into the next year. Fish into the next year, events. but yeah. So all in, I mean, I've got probably yeah. you know, six, seven tournaments under my belt, a couple monthly just to, you know, figure it out a little more. And yep. had gotten yep. really comfortable at that point. But you know, going to to Possum King with Mark, you know, it was it was pretty cool. And and kudos to Mark for just like, you know, we could go in and blindfolded and and just do what we do and and see what happens but you know we we agreed like let's map study let's coordinate yeah. let's let's figure it out together and and make the most of it i'm glad we did but this yeah but so your your inexperience in in tournament fishing right because it's just different than fishing fishing it let's is. be right your your inexperience in tournament fishing at this point mark has has guided he's been on a guide boat fishing freshwater he has fished off the off of the back of boats in tournaments. He's fished in local tournaments where he was probably up front with running the trolling motor at some point. He's fished in kayak tournaments. 
like Mark is a seasoned angler at this point um, who's caught a lot of big fish, Who's who knows that tournament side. Like mentally, preparation-wise, he understands all that. And I'm I'm guessing that that he was very helpful in your preparation for going down for that big tournament like that. So absolutely, and I, and I think in reflection, and and I've learned some Mark. I think you tested it, is keep it simple. Um, when we went to that tournament, you know, I showed up, man. I had I had a tub, you know, a fifty gallon <laughs> tub with plastic bags from walmart from bass pro from academy i had old zoom bag lizards from 1992 you know had all he's not joking he's not joking i believe it i believe it i mean you know i i had so much crap and mark shows up with a shoebox mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that's essentially what he had and, and so we got together um you know a couple couple weeks prior to, to going out there and you know, we, you know, obviously do some app study and, and look at some videos and stuff. And I'll never forget at the time, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to do this because I want to, I mean, in my mind, I'm going out there, I'm, I'm crankbait fishing until my arm falls off. And, and that did and did not happen. Um, but I'll never forget Mark, we were looking at him and he's just like, yeah, that, that place looks pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we want to give up the juice, but it, 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 that was the spot. I mean, just, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll give a little bit of other insight into it too. So, like this is one thing i mean you hear it a little bit from some you know these top anglers that are out there fishing you know all the hobies and you know some that are you know fishing all or most of the kbfs and really you know fishing a lot of the bassmaster kayak stuff now um you hear about like you know kind of like that circle of friends that you make and i i can't say enough like you know i think as far as the kayak scene goes dave was like my first real like confidant that I could go to and be like, Hey man, what do you think of this? And like when we were starting to tag team for that possum kingdom event, you know, he came over and I give a lot of credit to Dave. Like that man can spot like a red house, like hidden behind two trees (laughs) and from like, look at a YouTube video and then look at Google maps and be like, Oh, he's right there. And like, Oh, there's that, those three bushes lined up right here. I can see that on, um, you know, the 2009 version of uh, Google Earth. <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. I give a lot of credit to Dave because between like a little bit of, you know, my background of doing some of the tournament stuff and fishing different bodies of water and like seeing certain types of brush that, you know, a lot of times will attract fish and hold fish off points and things like that. And then Dave's ability to pinpoint that and also have his fishing knowledge and background. I think we just kind of freaking fracked well together to kind of figure out that game plan because he is a different style fisherman overall than I am. He does, you know, love throwing those crankbaits. You know, he likes to find those offshore spots and stuff. And I like to do offshore. If I know, like I can, if I go over a hump and I see fish, I'll fish them, but I love a good structure, you know, cover type fishing opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's really what played out in possum kingdom for us is uh, during practice, I had found a a pretty solid pattern. Every single place that we went uh, after that first day that we were there and that water was just getting so muddy and changing up so quick, I had found kind of this pattern. And I said to Dave, like, here's what I'm doing. You know, if it's working for you, do it. And I think what he was talking a little bit about, and I don't want to steal your thunder on this one, 
so I'll tell the heartbreak and then you can tell the victory story on this, but, uh, well, first, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So like we were, you know, we kind of knew, like, I think Mark and Ismael knew, you know, being structure oriented, kind of what he wanted to do. And, um, of course I went into it thinking, I'm just going to throw a cranky bait till my arm falls off. Well, you know, we were forced with the conditions and just so happened where, where we stayed, you know, we went out the first day just to get our you know, feet wet. Um, and Mark had obviously found something and lo and behold, like I tried crankbaiting all morning and didn't get a bite, tried a bunch of different things, didn't get a bite and ended up something similar, which was a drop shot in the vicinity of kind of what, what Mark was doing. Um, but then I'll let you pick it up because I'll finish up. Yeah. So, yeah, we go out that next day after we had like 17 inches of rain, oh, not gosh. really, but. We, we, we slept through probably one of the craziest thunderstorms I've ever been in. Yeah. And we woke up that next day and, you know, kind of got a little bit later start because we knew how bad the rain was from that night before. And Rose we were place. trapped. We, we couldn't get any place. Um, so we actually waited till the afternoon and went out and fished that day. And I said, I'm going to try my pattern on these areas that I saw, you know, on the map that we saw during our map studies and, you know, could see on our Navionics and stuff. And sure enough, like I was just boom, boom, boom. And Dave is like, no shit. <laughs> and so he, you know, goes and hits a few docks doing kind of his variation of it. And Well, it was even more yeah. pronounced than that. So we got out to the spot and there was a couple <laughs> guys out, you know, offshore, you know, pretty, pretty noticeable offshore um, drop into a creek channel and they're anchored up. I don't know if they're, you know, Carolina rigging or whatever, but I'm like, let me try to throw a crankbait and caught some white bass. That was it. It's all white. So I'm schooling white bass, white bass. So I'm, you know, two hours. I'm like, man, I got nothing. Mark's like, well, try this. Literally the very first cast on the very first spot. Mark tells me to try and I shake off, you know, what would have you know we i caught a fish on that same spot in the tournament but um, oh yeah <laughs> i mean it was just unbelievable. Like, very first spot i was like wow this is there's something to this for sure yeah mm-hmm. but and then but the, yeah so i i made the best of my first day and dave had a probably 19 20 incher on at the end of the day to give him his fifth yeah. which again he finished i think you finished 18th finished was 18th. It? Yeah. and Huge if you would have yeah. he had that fifth fish on first day and you know just came unbuttoned and then you know as, as far as the the second day i mean that it was just a dream day and i'll let you kind of take it from there so you know what, what always really shoot me on that trip so my dad went out with us uh, he's got a little camper um so we stayed up in that and, and so it was the three of us and, and i'll never forget like you know when we left out that morning for the tournament day he was like all right guys go go out there and do what got you here. Right. And I didn't really, it didn't really sink in at the time. Um, so the first day, so in practice, you know, tried the crankbait. I mean, what Mark didn't say, one of the absolute best times I've ever had fishing was after we figured out the pattern, we went over to check out a pocket. Um, I did catch one big one, um, the fry garter. And then, you know, hour or two before sunset, you know, we're, and keep in mind, we're an hour away from our campsite. So we're like, we're going to fish till like six, get back, you know, rest up because we got a big day tomorrow. And maybe that was two days before the tournament. Yeah. I remember. But anyways, a couple hours before sunset, 
striper and white bass start schooling. Like, Definitely I mean, it looked where. like tuna on the water. I've never seen everywhere. Anything. It was unbelievable. And we caught, I don't know how many, all on crankbait. So I go into the tournament. Um, I almost leave my crankbait stuff at home because I've caught at this point over 100 white bass and striper on crankbait and one bass, like a 13 incher on crankbait. So I go in with Mark's pad on the first day and um, it was a slower bite on day one. Um, and, you know, I, I will say, like, I don't know what it was about it. Like all these tournaments up to that point, like just, you know, just high anxiety, kind of fishing fast, you know, questioning everything. And, and for whatever reason, that was weird because on, the, on a stage like that, you got 150 plus of the best anglers around the country. Like I just had a calm about it. the whole like, you know, usually for tournaments for me, they happen in like an hour and it's over. And this was like just slow paced, you know, I, I don't know. I just had a piece about it. It was really cool. So I caught four fish. I mean, I ended up catching one, like scrambling, doing something we weren't doing. I caught one. Um, I saw Buster Bank and threw a sankle up there and caught it. But, um, you know, I had four with like two hours left. And, and you know, it just, yeah, like Mark said, there was one final spot, less than 10 minutes. Um, you know, I, to this day, I, I don't know how to catch it. I mean, Flipped in there a couple times and, and, you know, never felt the bite, but I just happened to look up and I was, the wind was picked up. So I was back in my kayak up just a little bit. And so just that, you know, half a second to look at my rudder steering thing and, and backpedal and my line took a beeline to the right and set the hook and it wasn't there. Um, Mark caught a fish on that same spot day two, which is awesome because he needed it. Um, whether it was the same fish or not, I'll never know. But in my mind, He's told me, I think that was an 18 or an 18 half inch fish. Yeah. And for me, 18 is a new number. I'm not a numbers person, but I lost an 18. Yeah. I feel yeah, just chasing 20 kayak. But day two is special, man, because, you know, I was, you know, Mark, Mark piece together. He was, he was sitting, you know, fairly well, um, somewhere around the 20, 20 ish place. You know, with four fish, I was, you know, you can't win on day one, but you can lose. And in my mind, like, you know, I was just devastated, you know, one fish, like, and uh, so I even, you know, I was even joking with my dad a little bit that night. I was like, I'm going to take, you know, the two things that I was working for me day one, and I'm going to take a big bait and just go for broke. I almost didn't even throw my crankbait rod in the kayak. And thank God that I did, because we go out and, and Mark and I agreed, like, our bite didn't really start, turn on until like 10 o'clock, um, once the sun got up and stuff like that. So I was like, man, I'm just going to go have fun, catch white bass all morning, kind of joking about it. And so we actually were making our way past the juice, if you will, over to a spot where we caught those white bass. And I was just going to go have fun. And um, just a cool spot, man. Like guys had been there all the day before. Um, must have done okay, but not great. But there's, it's a grass flat. And then there's a, you know, it goes into the main channel. And it's, it's an unbelievable spot. And so Mark had gone on. Um, I kind of just had saw a fish swirl off a dock. And so I was like, let me, let me stop here. And, you know, that made me pause near this, this area. And as I'm going past, I'm like, you know what, those guys, you know, caught some the day before, surely they were throwing chatterbaits. I didn't have a chatterbait tied on. So tied on chatterbait, threw it up on this flat and caught like a, you know, it was pretty small, like a 15, 14 inch or something like that. Cool. And I noticed, and, um, you know, there was a little bit, you know, obviously like that, that's a, a flood control lake and um, they were pulling a lot of water because of all the influx. I mean, we got there. I mean, you talk about a muddy river. I mean, I've never seen anything like it here before. Yeah, it, the it Brazos. Red mud. I was actually joking with uh, 
with Gene Jensen. He's a gardener. Um, met him at the, the little way. And I was like, man, I was like, I, I've always been told, like, it's the red mud of Lincoln County that makes good tomatoes. And that, that, whatever's in that river is not mud. It's red something. But anyways, I mean, it was out of its banks when we got there. So it already blown out half the lake. Then we get this deluge. All the back creeks are blown out. I mean, clock's ticking on on this. So anyways, um, I'm, I'm rambling here, but I, I just happened to notice they're pulling water. There's a little bit of a current. Um, the wind was blowing just right. And I, I noticed just the subtle little bit of bubbles um, kind of just drifting by the bank. And I'm like, hmm, let me throw a crank bit up there. And first cast, and I'm literally every other to every cast, 30 casts later, I caught no less than 18-inch bass for an hour and a half straight, two hours. Yep. Um, unbelievable. Like, made a jump. Lost a huge one. I mean, this is – and we get into the, the cranking technique that I, I used, but, I mean, it, it was one of those fish that, like, it, it came up to the surface twice, but she was so big she couldn't get out of the water. She just kind of, mm-hmm. like, just wallered a little bit. Um, and she came off, like, I don't know, three feet from my net. Uh, well, there is GoPro footage of this. He does I, well, have a still frame of the mouth of this fish, and it so is. So I had GoPro footage of the whole thing. It kills me. I lost it. So I think, in hindsight, we went to the expo a couple of days later, and, and for the weigh-in for Mark. Of course, I'm trying to do work on my laptop. Left it in the truck, probably overheated, computer fried. Lost it. All I have is a still image of this you know, <laughs> big old bug-eyed Betty. Um, yeah, but yeah, I had. But it, you know, that's what fish. that's what Pendergraft caught his fish off. Both yeah, days was cranking. Um, I mean, he well, he caught his cranking totally different. Yeah, yeah right. But he caught him cranking. Caught him cranking. But see, that's the thing about a crankbait in dirty water too is you're getting that reaction strike. They're feeding. Yeah. But you know they they they're it's not like winter time where you're trying to winter crank where they're going to short short swipe it or something like that. It's just that it's that visual aspect. It it's it, it it's you don't always get them to eat it cranking because crank is right and that's and and so this is this is a great great story into the techniques of what we want to talk about on this podcast was cranking it's the crank with dave with with dave guess we better get we ain't talking about the crank like that you smoke (laughs) or shooting your veins or anything like that we're talking about crank bait but we're gonna call it the crank because we need what we're talking about i thought we were the crank is the I'm yank. totally unprepared then. Oh, tug is the drug, the crank is the yank. I mean, I, I, <laughs> so cranking, yeah, like I never did it. Never owned a crankbait. Um, you know, may have had back in the day like a, what is it, a fat A or, or some, you know, some bomber long, you know, something. Never threw what, it. Like, what, never one of those little jointed Rapalas that I got hanging up behind me that yeah, everybody bought that nobody knew how to use. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, never, never fished them. And again, like just, you know, you know, I never had like a, a single moment where like, hey, I need to learn how to fish this. It was just like, hey, I, you know, this looks cool. Like I at some point like had seen, you know, some of the pros like, hey, they're catching fish offshore crankbait fishing. Cool. Um, you know, something you can get down deep and, and fish fast and and okay, cool. Um and and for me it was like, you know, I dabbled in it a little bit and then there was one moment, um at this point I don't care. It was on Heiko Lake. Um, that's a numbers lake. Like there's some decent fish in there, but you can go catch a lot of good solid two pounders. I, that is where I learned that you can fire up a school with a crankbait and there's nothing like it. And there's absolutely nothing like it. Um, you can catch, I've caught personally 40 bass in an hour and a half 
on every cast, every other cast. I mean, it reminds me of like KVD and his, or sorry, uh, Evers and his uh, Red Crest thing where you're, I mean, literally your arms cramp, your hands cramp. You can't, it hurts, but it's so much fun. That's what sold me the first time I ever, and I've had that happen so, probably four times. And, and is this deep crank, like what, what, are no. you a shallow cranker to a 25 foot dredger? Or are you where are you in your crankbait repertoire for what you do? Or is it definitely, crankbait? Definitely shallow to mid depth. Um, okay. I don't throw or I have to, I don't really throw square bills. Um, I have started throwing some. So kudos I, when we when we when we throw this out. Um, I, I made a point. I was like, man, Paul's gonna Paul's gonna give me shit if I haven't caught a crankbait fish this year, which I hadn't. I, the last <laughs> crankbait fish I caught was Harris uh, that windy day. But- uh, well, shit, Bo, the only, the only fish I've caught since December, excuse me, since November, were on a square bill, and they were this past Sunday, a bowfin and a nice little three-pound bass. Bad so thing. I don't give a shit if you caught anything, but not to <laughs> throw a square bill. We a square bill country, boy. I've got a couple. I just don't throw them much, man. I, I just, no, for me, you know, I, and I've, you know, I've dabbled in a, bu- a bunch, but for me, it's definitely the, you know, I go to the DT series. If I, if I had one. If I had one setup, one lure to throw, it's a DT6, maybe a DT10, one of the two, 12-pound fluoro, 7-foot, seven 7.3, seven medium-heavy rod, all year long. Give it to me. So um, so you're in that 8 to 12-foot range. Yeah, yeah. I don't throw the – I mean, I own some deep cranks. I mean, Mark, again, I brought 80,000 crankbaits with me, including some of those DT20s, and he laughed at me. He's like – because and I'm with him. Like, that's a lot of work. you got to have the right gear. I don't have that gear. Like, he's like, if I got to – Throw something that deep, it's not going to be a crankbait, you know. And I get it; like I, what, I totally get it. So you're throwing. The, you said the sixes, sixes and tens, and now they get the DT eight is out. Uh, so I'm sure you'll 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 throw I've those. Got a boat with them. Yeah. You may have a few. You may have yeah. a few. Are you throwing? What do you what what real ratio? Because I love throwing crankbaits, and I throw a lot of crankbaits. What real ratio are you throwing them on? You said your rod. And it sounds like you're kind of your typical crankbait rod. We'll cover that first. C- typical crankbait rod. You want the the parabolic bend, so it's, it's some kind of medium heavy moderate or some kind of medium fast, something like that. Man, I, I'm I'm a simple fella, man. Like you know, simple and cheap. So I've fallen in love with. I know on a podcast you can't see these, but the SLX series from mm-hmm. Shimano. Um, you know, I, I run their reels six three to one. Um, I do have a seven one to one, but I typically use that for um, chatterbait. But a six three to one, um, and and on their seven foot medium heavy rod. I mean, that's that's what I'm throwing. And okay, you know, it's really. I, I will say, like, I'm, I, you know, I've done really well crankbait fishing. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm an expert by any means, but you know, you can sit there and say it, there's a technique, but it's really, you know, for me, it's like finding your rhythm. And, and find the cadence. I mean, I think you hear cadence more often than not with a jerk bait. But for me, that's cranking for me. And, and I'm learning too, because I actually, like I said, I hadn't caught a crankbait fish until until yesterday. Um, so I went out, I caught you two, flat side of crankbait, the new uh, OG Slim in, in Firecrawl. Um, but that's it, it makes sense. Fish. Yeah, it makes sense that you're catching your crankbait fish now, because it's a little it's a little early for us up until this but talk about cadence more like what so we talk about cadence with the jerk baits like you said yeah 
Yeah. What is what is a cadence with these medium diving crankbait? And I'll tell you, so a medium diving crankbait to me is 10 to 15 foot. That's what yeah. I consider medium. But yeah, obviously you can, it's, it's crankbait. There's nothing absolute about a crankbait. They, shit can go everywhere. But in right, general, right. what it, talk about that cadence. Because cadence is something you don't hear a lot with a crankbait. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, when I, you know, you learn, you throw it out, you reel it down, right? And reel it back, right? And you'll catch fish doing that. But I've, I learned pretty quickly, you know, it is, it is burning a crankbait as fast as you possibly can until your arm falls off. Um, so, you know, long cast and, and for me, it's initial, just crank it down as, as hard as you can. I mean, if you're not ticking rock, you're not, I mean, I have caught them in places. I mean, you know, where you, you can catch them schooling and they'll do that. But for me, I like to feel that tick. Um, you know, certainly, you know, hard, hard bottom is key. You know, we don't have a ton of grass lakes around here. I don't yeah. crank around laydowns. I don't crank around docks typically. I mean, for me, it's, it's offshore stuff. Um, and, you know, hard bottom, throw it out, rip it. And then once you figure out, I mean, there's definitely differences. Um, you know, I've had days where you figure out they want it a little slow. Like you crank it down there and then slow down. And you do long pauses just like a, a, a jerk bait. But more often than not, I mean, especially summertime, it's, you know, I'm casting, I'm reeling it down, I'm stopping. And I'm reeling it and stopping. And reeling it, reeling it, reeling it, stopping. And, and, you know, Part of me is like, I don't, I don't want to give that away, right? Because I was like, man, I was really successful in that, you know, summertime and, and fall. Um, I haven't really cranked in the winter much. Um, in spring, I really don't do it a bunch. I mean, I, I, in fact, these balsa light flat sides, this is the first flat side I've really thrown. So I'll be doing a bunch of it this spring to figure out. But, yeah. you know, I, I just, you know, there's there's typical, you know, different baits too. Like, I, you know, for me, the DT series, like, I know they're mainstream, but they're just – they're consistent. They, I know I very rarely have to tune them. I've, you know, definitely change out the hooks. That's one thing I'm, I'm really a stickler about. Um, in fact, one of the things, you know, I know a lot of times guys will, will mark their depths on their crankbaits, which is fine. But if you throw nothing but the DTs, you don't got to worry about it. Right. Cause you can't remember a, a whole number and you, you shouldn't be fishing in a kayak anyway. But so the one thing I always do is I, I change out the hooks. Um, and this one, I don't know if you can see that on there, but I always put a little, it's really bright, but there's a little dot. Um, put right it, under put the top little, left. Uh, oh, no. You, you must have your wife's makeup light. Man, I got little fancy lights, man, because I got bad lighting <laughs> in this house, man. I had to do something. But anyways, instead of but Just putting, tell us, because we death. can't see it because your light is too damn good. First well, time ever on Bass and Brews, the lighting has been too good from a guest. Usually a bunch of damn bumpkins that can't get the lighting <laughs> right, the volume right. I mean, damn. Hey, I, I knew Mark was going to be on here bringing some professionalism and some dignity to this show, so I had to, <laughs> had to step up a little bit. You mean so, Santa Claus? Yep. Okay, yeah. Hold on a second. Let me, oh, there, there see that go, little yeah. dot right there? Yeah. So that dot means those are changed out from the stock hooks. Um, I do it on every single one of my crankbaits. I, I, I have done some of the split rings too, but I've never – you know, crankbait for me, it's like you're not ever setting the hook; you're you're easing into it. So I've mm-hmm. never had an issue with split rings, uh, personally. Um, what size hook are you putting on there, Dave? So, like, is there a brand that you prefer? Like, funny you said that. So, Trocar, so started or... off this. So this is a DT. Uh, I should know this. This is a six, right? Yeah. So this is a six. Um, oh, hold! You just talking about not being able to read whole numbers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> let me let me is, 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 is your foot doing okay after so it sounds yourself, like Dave? Mark it sounds it sounds like Mark that Dave needs to take his pen and write a six, a eight, or a ten on it because he don't know what the fuck he's yeah. throwing. That's what you write on it after you put the hooks rather than that dot. That dot. <laughs> the re, the re, no, here, here's my excuse. You know, it was easy to tell the difference between a six and a ten, but I now have the eights, and the eights that's are hard true. to decipher between the yeah, six. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But Mark, to your question. So so I've I've thrown the um the SD thirty six, the owner SD thirty six. Um, you know, I, I like them pretty good. I haven't had a ton of issues. And what's interesting, um, back to Possum Kingdom, on a DT six, I would always throw the side six hooks, which is what is, is stock on them. Well, when I saw that first bass and, you know, they just grow them differently out there. I said, oh, so what's funny is, and you'll see again, I'm, I'm being inconsistent, but this, I retired this bad boy. Um, this is, uh, that's the exact bait that I mm. caught all them fish on in that muddy water. So this is uh, Ike's uh, Caribbean shad, very similar to the citrus shad. But anyways, I don't have a dot on that one because I had, lost the first one and changed it on the fly I didn't have my sharpie but long story short i said no these are big fish i'm not putting size six on these i'm putting size four and to this day that's 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 predominantly what i've used is the size four are, um, and are you putting regular shank or long shank so that's the st36 was the regular shank and i've actually just picked up i haven't used them yet but i picked up the short shanks um I'm just going to leave this light off. Y'all give me enough. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, you're good. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but it was weird because these are size four, but they're they're more like an EWG style hook. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they just appear to be a lot bigger now. So I'm going to try those. They look uh, a little bit like the triple grips even. Do they, they have do, a little yeah, bit of in-band uh, What do they call it? They call it the uh, premium point precision, right? Yeah. So it's got, it, it does have a, uh, I'll get one out here for you. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have your typical, um, you know, uh, I guess consistent angle for the hook, uh, for the three different points. You'll probably not be able to see this on here, but, um, put your hand behind it. There you go. I am a professional. Um, look yeah. at, look at you. Where is the YouTube channel right now? Because this <laughs> motherfucker has got it. You uh, see that? Top look, side? It's, flat. Yeah. it's like yeah. a T. It's not a, it's not yeah. a Y. It's T. I guess that's the best way to Damn say it. Damn it. Damn it, let me yeah. quit picking on you before you get back into the meat of this. Look at Al Borland from Home Improvement <laughs> on the Bass and Brews podcast showing you a hook like a professional, like a professional YouTuber. This is gold right now. Gold. So I haven't, I haven't so, seen anything on a hook yet, but but yeah, so size right. four. So um, what I have in, in a People listen to this podcast and other shit I've talked about. People that know me personally, I'm not, I'm not a big color guy. I think you, like for me, my crankbaits are red, some kind of yellow, orangish, and then shad. That's all you need. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. That's it. That's, that's what I throw. And I'll throw red fucking crankbaits in the dead of summer. And I'll that's catch fish on them. Matter of fact, my, my, the, the, this past summer and fall, where I was catching most of my fish and where I won money and did well in, was throwing the Spro Little John in spring, call, in spring Crawl, which is like a yellowish-orange with a couple little stripes on it. And they tore that shit up 
all yeah. damn all summer and all fall. But it's a crayfish I, color. You'd think if you're throwing but, it where crayfish are, hopefully they're you know yeah, but, something but, similar to it, right? But like a chili, a chili crawl that that deep dark red that covers you in dirty water. Or mm. if you want to throw that chartreuse, that yellow chartreuse covers you in dirty water. And then that that white or shad pattern covers you for a shad pattern. Mm-hmm. So the way that I look at it is that covers kind of like all the color spectrums you you would want to throw. And and yeah. I will I'll say more often than not, the color doesn't matter. Now, does it matter at certain times? Yes, I will not argue that point. But in general, the color doesn't matter. You just you have to have the right depth and speed. And Evan Evan Ever Ever said this is that you can throw the wrong bait in the right place and catch fish more than you can throw the right right bait in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> and Probably. so that's what that's the way I think about it. Does color matter? It can matter. I think it matters more in these clear lakes where we fish, y'all. Let's be real. Our water clarity in in Harrison Jordan's like three feet on a good day. A little bit more in falls. Some of these other lakes a little bit more, but we're still fishing dingier water. So it's just about putting a, a lure at the right depth and speed in front of those fish to catch them. Dave, how do you do your color? What's your color spectrum? that you throw you nailed it man so you know and i again i haven't thrown a ton of red in the spring um you know what i was throwing last year was a was a lipless um one knocker in fire it, crawl. other than that is a chatterbait um, so let me say this about red in the spring i think in our area the springtime is kind of the rainy season that's when we're getting a lot of a lot of dingier water for us is then. Yeah. And I think the red plays, sure the red plays probably with some crawfish, but the red plays well because the water's dingier. Yeah. And so you could throw a, a dark red, red, black. Those darker colors are, are better in that dingier water. I don't necessarily think it's red. I think it's that darker well, color profile that plays better because of the springtime rains we get dingy our water up more. Well, and I think there's a lot of truth to that too. And I'll say something too, like for so for spring with the muddy water, and, and I'll go back to what I threw at Possum Kingdom is you know this this isn't the fire crawl, right? This is the moss crawl. So you have right, the red right. on the bottom, but you have the green top. So right, and you know when that's going through the water, it's you know I can't do it fast enough because I'll hit myself it. You know, it, that contrast is what they see. Just like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on a flat side, like a chartreuse black, that's another great fall or, or spring muddy water. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this one's the same. I mean, it's, you know, this has a, obviously, it's nothing but chartreuse and white on the bottom, but that blue top, I mean, when that's going through the water. Yeah, but that's a shad pattern because chartreuse to a bass comes across as bright white. Sure. So like I would say chartreuse. Yeah. Red in the spring, you know, I go straight shad, so green gizzard shad. I mean, yeah, th- that's all you need. And then for pearl white water. green chartreuse. Yeah, so we're, we're talking the DT series, like the Helsinki shad's a good one. Um, that's that's kind of like the silver, a little bit of blue. It's got a one chartreuse line in it. Um, green gizzard shad. Um, 
penguin, I think is the other one. You know, typical old school shad color. That that's all you need. I don't yeah. overthink it. Yeah. The only one that I throw in there, and it's because I get out to more that central western area of North Carolina for some of my clear, tournaments. Clear is, water, Norman. Clear especially water. coming up, like into like March, April, May, when there are a lot of bluegills starting to move more towards the shallows is I do throw a, a bluegill pattern DT6 sure. when I start knowing that they're kind of getting up there and have had some good luck with that. If So, if you know, you're going through the, you know, typical red craw, nothing, you go through, maybe do like a, like a chartreuse craw or something like that. And then maybe you do a shad pattern. You don't get anything on those three and you're just kind of scratching your head. If you're in the clear waters, the that natural bluegill pattern can be pretty solid, but like you said, you know, there's kind oh. of just a few options. You don't have to overcomplicate it too much, typically, at least from my experience with the crankbait. Yeah. And I'll say this. Don't be afraid to throw in that olive slash olive oil color. It mimics a bass. Yeah, something like that. A little bit darker. Yeah. I got one. I ain't going to pull it out because I got to dig through my well, shit. Well, that's more that bluegill. If I'm doing that, that jabber jaw. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is so, so olive, olive oil color just it's it's a solid color for that crankbait and it's a it's, i think it's a bomber it's a bomber color that I have have great luck later in the spawn when those fries start to become fingerlings and mm-hmm. so when those bass start to become a little bit bigger a little bit bigger target and this it's a shallow crankbait it's it's you know four to six feet rounded bill i think i'm pretty sure it's a bomber uh, lure it, but it casts like a potato chip, so it's hard to cast. It's really a lot of sight casting around cover where those those fingerlings would be. Um, so, so Dave, one of the one of the things you know, talking to local anglers around here, I remember Steve, our buddy Steve, talking yeah. about going crankbaiting with you, and he had not done a lot of crankbaiting, but he went around with you, following you around doing crankbaiting, and y'all found a school of fish. And y'all threw on them for a, a little while, five, ten minutes, something like that. And you got them fired up. And once y'all got them fired up, it was one after the other. Do you remember the story I'm talking about? Yep, absolutely. That's, that's, um... So so tell us about, because you hear that from the pros a lot. You hear that a lot about with crankbaiting. You know, you got to, you got to, if you found those, that school, if you can get one to bite and you can get it in the boat, then it's, it, it's on after it's, that. It, it, it Tell is us on. about what that – What? hold on. Hold on. Damn it. Let me ask my question. Damn it, Al. <laughs> I'm, it's so exciting. Get into it, man. Jeez, just like Al Borland, always interrupting, always interrupting Tim. Tim is the star. I am the star of this podcast. You're a guest. I'm the star. Don't interrupt the star. Hey, if I start finishing your sentences, then you can start worrying because that's I've been told my whole life. Quit finishing my sentence. If you start finishing my sentences, you're gonna We're start gonna giving trouble. me half of your winnings. <laughs> Ain't been much lately, brother. <laughs> Look, me either. But that's okay. We fish a lot alike, so Mark Mark can go do his little damn jigging and shit like that. We're gonna we're gonna throw crank baits and spinner baits. If we don't catch shit, we're gonna be happy that we didn't have to tie on no drop shot <laughs> to win. Anyway, different story. What what is what are you looking for on your graph when you see that school of fish? What are you looking for 
that that makes you think, hey, this is crank, this is a crankbait time. All we need to do is get one or two to bite, and then that they are what what does it look like on a graph? This is hard. This is hard to do. Like this ain't this ain't damn fish the moment. We ain't gonna have no damn shit that y'all can see. So hopefully Dave is good enough to describe <laughs> this scenario because so you hear it a lot. One, this is a big summertime pattern. So what does it look like, Dave? What do you do? Well, number one, you have to, I mean, it is, it is hundred percent fish the conditions. Um, if I, in my opinion, you have to have some kind of water movement, whether it's current, which we don't have a ton of in this area. Um, nope, it can be none. wind blown. You can have wind seams, you know, um, you have to win that. I mean, that's it. You have to have wind intersecting or boats or own Harris. Yes, that's absolutely true. I have had it happen. I mean, you know, I've had it happen middle of summer. It's 95 degrees out and I'm catching fish in the middle of the day. As soon as those jet skiers go over and if I it's right. absolutely, it is absolutely hundred percent true. Um, but it, for me, it's not, it's not Harris. Go ahead. Well, so that's the thing. Like, and we'll take a little side step. People gonna pick on me because in the summertime, this past summer, I got on about the Sharon Harris bass bussing, <laughs> and and in taking video, that YouTube video does not do justice of a school of a hundred bass, but look, boiling water. It ju- it just doesn't do it justice, right? Yeah. But on those calm summer days where the wind's not blowing, it's the toughest to fish those school and bass, but let, let a jet ski or a few boats go by and just get, it doesn't have to be white capping, but some rolls in that wave, it'll fire them up just like yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I tried to will, a, a, you know, I can tell Mark and I, I'm sure you were there too. Um, fish Macintosh this past summer. I mean, I tried to will a crankbait bite, in practice the whole time and it wouldn't happen. So you got, I mean, you got, sometimes you got to cut your losses. And yeah, I talked to Paul at that tournament said, Hey Paul, what's going on? How you doing? He didn't even know he talked to me that whole day. He <laughs> caught up with me later. He's like, how'd you do brother? I was like, I talked to you today, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Saw you at the bridge. Like, oh, that's you. <laughs> yeah. And but Martin, he had his yeah, mask right, and shit right, on. Yeah, I'm, right, I'm right at the same time. Cause you caught one on the bridge. That's riprap finally. Probably cranking. I think. No, I didn't. I no, caught no, Paul my, did. Paul did. Yeah. Paul I mean, did. He has a small one. Yeah, yeah, it's a small, small one right there on the corner. Yeah, yeah I pass y'all. But see, this this is the thing, though, kind of caught off topic. This is when people, like meeting people around here, especially doing this podcast, like Ramon and, and Cam from Faith and Fishing Podcast, and like fishing with people, like everybody, we all want to get together to fish together, right? I mean, that's just that's the fun part of it, just yeah. getting out, hanging out, fishing, learning something. I tell people all the time, it's like, look, dude, I would love to go fish with you, but I tell them I'm not fun to fish with. I'm, I'm like, every time I go fish, there's a reason. I, my mentality is I'm fishing against somebody. It, this past Sunday, I'm fishing against my son. He ain't even <laughs> fishing. Like I've got, I've got a, I've got a minnow on a little jig head on a cork out back. But I'm fishing against him. Like everything I do, and this is how this is why I like kayak fishing. This is why yeah. I got into kayak fishing was the competitive side. This is my mentality. I don't fish. I fish to win. Anytime, like my mentality is, I don't fun fish. Like if I'm fun fishing, we're crappy fishing. We're fishing for white perch. 
you know, some bullshit like that. But if I'm out bass fishing, I, I'm in a whole different mindset. So when I pass Mark, and this is like a week or two after I interview Mark, but first of all, he's got all this shit on. So I pedal by, we kind of wave, but Mark also doesn't go like, hey, motherfucker, this is Mark. So I go by and do my fishing, but that's that's who I am. Like, that's – I Cam, if y'all listen to Faith and Fishing, he, we met at Raleigh, at, at Lake Raleigh. First of all, his ass got out there late, so that's not my problem. <laughs> so we're fishing. <laughs> I, I did like six or seven miles in the time I was out there. And, and Cam, and Cam I, I probably circled him eight times. But anyway, yeah, it's like when I see people, usually, usually it's a, hey, how's it going? You know, it's very quick. That's who I am. But I try to tell people that when they want to go fish, I'm like, look, I'm not fun to fish. First of all, I fish fast. Yeah. It's detrimental at sometimes, like in the winter, right? But in general, I, I like I'm I'm just I'm going. I'm always, always going. I don't pay attention. I don't listen to music. I sit there in fucking silence and I'm I'm just I'm thinking all the time. I'm just yeah, fishing. You have I, like, to. I mean, you have to. I have Come out of your my blinders are like this for fishing. That's it. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, if you want to go out and tournament fish because it's fun, I mean, it is fun, right? But, you know, for me, if, if there's a certain level where you hit that serious, that seriousness, like, you, you know, whether you can practice or not is one thing. Because, I mean, how often does practice really pan out? I mean, it, it can, you know, but. But when it's a grind, especially I mean that that tournament you mentioned, I mean same thing. Like I know Mark had one thing in mind, and he stuck to his guns, and it was a grinder. Like that was a miserably hot day. He caught one fish. I mean, you know, Macintosh. I went from the ramp all the way to Wheeler Bridge, and then took a hail mary and went all the way back past the dam. On but the event. I I started I started where I started and fished for like three hours. Yeah, was within. 150 yards of um, what's Rick. his name? Who won it? Um, is it Roland? Roland, Rick Roland. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, I right. saw Rick catch two of his fish. Yeah, I was that close, and I caught a big ass fish. I caught like well, a 21 and a half inch. And that's the other thing too. I mean, I think it's really important. Um, if there's any piece of advice, because I don't again, I'm not a crankbait expert but if i if i was going to give advice i mean granted my 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 experience is limited but what i have learned to tell myself you have to recognize in your mind whether you have it predetermined or whether you figure it out on the fly for me there are tournaments where you know you need to move and you need to cover water 100 percent. there are other times where you need to park yourself on a spot and wait them out or figure it out and, and I've, I've been successful doing both. I mean, my first three tournaments that I placed really well, I sat, I sat still. Mm-hmm. Same spot. And it took it takes all day to get there. But, you know, you have to wait them out and, and have the have the mental capacity to say, you know, because there was one point where I, you know, the, the, so the event I won on Harris, there was one other kayaker in my area kind of on the periphery watching. And... I, I wasn't doing well at the time. Like, I'd caught a couple fish. They died off. And I was like, man, I want to go check this other spot. It's 100 yards away. And I gambled, went over there, and I knew, like, you just had to have that that that, that sixth sense, if you will. 
I was on that spot for 20 seconds of nope, this ain't right. And I went right back over there, dropped my anchor, and won that tournament with one fish with like 20 minutes left. And so there are times where you have to cover water. There are times where you have to sit still and have the confidence that what you're going to do is going to pan out. And I think, you know, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. That's part of it. I mean, Paul, I know well, I'll never that- fish with you again, or I'll never <laughs> fish with you, period, because we, we, you, you had reached out to me at Falls, in, uh, the Falls Lake event this fall. Like, hey, man, like, I'm going to fish here. Do you, if you want to get up fish, like, let, let's figure it out. Even the mention of that, I didn't catch a dang fish that all day, and you didn't either. <laughs> I, was, I ain't fishing with you. Sorry. It's, it's nothing personal. It was, <laughs> I don't think I – I didn't fish the falls in the fall. You I did because you you uh, you uh put up north. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Fuck, fuck yeah. Falls Lake. Falls Lake is – Falls Lake's the most terrible lake out of the three around us. Fuck that place. I hate Falls Lake. There ain't a bass in Falls Lake. I don't care what nobody submits. That shit's fake. That's so, alien submitting those fish. <laughs> those bitches ain't I've in got, fuck Falls I've, Lake. I've got, I've got a theory. You're right, Dave. This. Yes, you're right. I, I remember a, that now. I've got a theory about lakes in general, and it actually kind of comes from like growing up where I'm back visiting right now. It's like a seven to nine year cycle. So when I first started uh, tournament fishing was like 2011, 2012, maybe 2013. That, that was latest. BC, was, right? 2011 BC. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now you look like, look like, but you look like Moses. Hey. That's how I find my fish. I part the sea. I part the sea and the fish just stay right there. I was the original live scope. Mark's like a year older than me. Mark's (laughs) a year older than me, and he looks like the perfect Santa Claus. Am I older than you? I don't. I don't. You might not be. I'm forty. I don't think. How old are you? Let's talk about. I'm thirty-seven. Thirty-seven going on seventy-seven. You're a wise old owl, my friend. And don't. I've got I've got an old soul. You do. I love and it. a white beard. And you rock out in a punk band now, and I freaking love it. It's true. Oh my <laughs> god! Look, look. Here, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. So, so this dude starts posting a bunch of band shit a couple yeah. months ago. I'm like, whoa! Did you give up fishing? And so now when he posts shit about fishing, I'm like, oh, I see you found a little bit of time to go fishing again. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I gave up golf, playing music live myself, and I, so I used to go rock collecting and gold prospecting. I hadn't done any three of those things since I started kayak fishing. So, yeah, he's a little, he's a little on the opposite side of the spectrum there. And I, I've we, still got tournament I, I love you, Mark. You're my boy, it, so. boy. I mean, Whitey. You're my boy, Whitey. <laughs> Same. I just want to open and gig at some point. I'll, I'll, I'll dust the strings off. Them, okay, we, we have messed up Mark's story. Mark, continue your story. Sorry, yeah. So, anyways, you're talking about Falls Lake. My first tournament ever was out at Falls Lake. It was in March. It was like 42 degrees at launch, if that. One of the guys was also like a first-timer. He was there in khakis and a hoodie, and he was <laughs> about to hop in a brand-new Phoenix boat going 72 miles an hour uh, up the lake. <laughs> and so I hop in my buddy's boat that, you know, just met that morning. And uh, my actual, my other 
the guy that I was originally paired with, his motor was gone. So he just had a troll motor. So they let me hop in another guy's boat. <laughs> hold on, and, hold on. Welcome to North Carolina, motherfuckers, <laughs> where yeah. we show up in a bass boat with a trolling motor only because we country. And the, he had a brand new Phoenix that was going to come in like in the coming weeks. And he was hoping he would have it for that tournament. And he didn't. But so I hop in the boat and I'm in the back of, a, I think it was like a little Stratus or something like that. And the guy gets to, you know, one of our first spots out on Falls Lake and got chit chatting and, you know, just kind of finding each other's backstory. And he goes, what are you throwing? And I was throwing a rugby head uh, from VMC with a little crayfish trailer on it. Cause we were throwing it. What was that? Is that swing head? No, it's just, it's kind of like a swing head, but with a weedless hook on it and it's stationary. It's not swinging back and forth. And, you know, he's kind of, I think he looked at me funny when I was throwing it, but I was thinking to myself, you know, crayfish, we were fishing a rock point, like a big boulder rock point. And first fish I catch is over six pounds ever in a tournament. And I reel it in and he's like, all right, awesome. Good start. We went to another spot like at 12 o'clock and I caught another like two pounder off of a flat. He goes in with zero fish. I came in with two fish and that was my first time on Falls Lake. And the guy that took the kid up uh, <laughs> that was in the khakis and a hoodie when, it, you know, wind chill of 30, he had, I think, 25 pounds out of Falls. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I caught probably, you know, 25, 30 plus fish all day and, you know, like, had the coal it was real tough so i think falls is just in that like dry spell and then give it like two three four more years and you're gonna find that jordan's gonna be the one that's a little bit tougher to fish sharon harris maybe has come back to a little bit more of what it was once those fish adjust to not having the grass and then falls is gonna be that one where you can go and hit those you know rock points and things like that and catch you know some big fish or go up to certain parts of that lake that a lot of the local guys know hold really good bags because well, I mean, there were times where you had to have at least 25 pounds to cash a check almost, or at least 20 pounds to cash a check there like four or five yeah. years ago. And now well, it's kind falls, of declined for a bit. And that's true. Lakes, lakes have their ebb and flows, right? Sharon Harris had their, their highest of highs back yeah. in like 2008 to 2012 then they, they the grass, all that shit. We ain't gonna get in that. But anyway, Falls also is a very very tough lake to kayak fish in because you only have a few areas to launch a boat. Yeah, it's limited yeah. ramps. And a kayak. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you have you have limited areas to launch a kayak in the spring and summertime. If you're fishing in, in the, the river section, it's dangerous because there is a there's a lot of pleasure boaters in a very narrow area. So it's just it's a very I think it's a very hard lake to kayak fish in because of how it sets up. Whereas Jordan, Jordan, there's it's, it's still dangerous, but there's a lot of water, it's very wide. You know, there's a bunch of launch points. A lot of ramp. Yeah. Yeah. You can get into some some creeks and coves and bays. Uh, Sharon Harris, as small as it is, as near as it, it is, 
you can still get into some areas. My limited time on falls, there's not a lot of places you can hide from a hundred boats going by you every hour. Unless you want to I've got a place. What was that? Unless you want to pedal for two hours to get there. No, there's a place you can go that I know that I don't ever have to deal with boaters. So is it the mud? Is it the mud bowl up on the top end? I can't remember the name of the place. Or is it it's in the river? The, it's, it's not the mud bowl. I know that. Well, the river section is what I'm talking about on on falls. The yeah. river section by which ramp? Oh shit! What's what's the main ramp that people put in there? There's Upper Barton. There's yes, uh, Upper Bar- Upper Barton down to yeah. the dam, and then up in there, like that's the river section to be. It's very narrow, mm-hmm. very snaky. It's the river. I, section. I like to hide other areas. I yeah. I don't like having boaters around. Especially, I, I, I know where you fish. It's okay. You don't have to tell me. We this ain't what we hear. Well, fuck, fuck falls. But I don't know about, about falls. Like we, we can I, talk I, about Jordan and Sharon Harris. But after MLF last year, don't nobody well, want to hear shit about falls. Let's get back <laughs> in the cranking. Here's Let's get the back into okay, back the crank. Crane, but I will say, falls, the first time MLF, you said it, first time they were here, falls showed out. Yes. I really thought this last time they were here for heavy hitters, falls was going to show out. It didn't. However, however, if you look at the tournaments and some of the social media posts, two to four weeks before MLF was here, Falls was freaking on fire. Like I think Falls, I, I should probably get fishing now because I think Falls is one of the best crankbait lakes that you can fish too. There's a a video uh, no, that my buddy was in because <laughs> uh, I haven't caught him there, Mark. <laughs> Rus- I think the guy's name was Rusty White, and my buddy's name's Brian Fritz, and they've got a YouTube video of them fishing a particular area of Falls Lake, throwing crankbaits that gives you a good kind of in depth analysis and explanation mm-hmm. of what to throw and where and what to look for to throw crankbaits. Um, I, I will give Paul's credit. That That's the place I learned to change my hooks out because I was throwing a, a DT6 probably and lost a four-pounder at the boat because it, it bent the hook out. And that was hey, the one fish. Dave, what line are you throwing on those DT6 to 10s? What, what, what's the line of choice? I, I haven't branched out because I've been happy with it. All I throw is the P-line tactical. 12 pound fluoro. Um, okay. now I know P line gets a bad rap for its other lines of, you know, being crap or fraying or whatever that tactical stuff. Yeah. It's expensive, but I have had zero issues has a little bit more memory than I like. Um, but I put conditioner on them pretty regularly. Just I've, like had no, I've had zero break offs, um, but I throw 12 pounds <laughs> consistently. Did you see okay. that mane that that man has? Take that hat off for a second, Dave. Stroke that hair again. Look at that mane. Whoa, Look at that. Thick hair, buddy. Mark, Mark, you're fuck- up the, the, he already took his hat off. Don't try and – people were supposed to guess already whether it was bald or not. And Mark, so he, Mark just fucked up the bald or not section. He took the hat movie. off three times already, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's a tick. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. You know, hey. <laughs> All you need to go is, hey, look, look, because I, I grew my hair out. So I, I grew up with a flat top. Like a Randy Howell, like straight up flat top, till I was in high school, and then I had a buzz cut, and I didn't grow my hair out to my wedding. And but the longest that my hair's ever been was like this, and then obviously we all went home for two years, and I did not cut my hair from February 2020 to February 2021. And if you want to see some nasty hair, go look at 
the pictures from the Harris event. I almost didn't recognize him when I saw him with his hair. Oh, it was bad. Him. I had some super long. Anyways. Well, even even every now and again, Al Borland has got to clean up. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> you do what you got to do, man. So I will say this, the P-line, like you mentioned, I think yeah. the biggest issue I've seen with P-line is the memory. That's one, like, I've, I used P-line for a little bit just because I was getting into fishing and I tried some of their lines, you know, I've tried really anything that was cheap back then. But then I fished with a couple of guys and just stuck with the Seaguar uh, Invisex for my cranking and Seaguar Brazex for like any of my bottom stuff. And again, same thing, it's pricey, but I've had good luck with that. And I think something like you mentioned earlier with your, you know, your crankbait rods, like maybe like a seven foot, seven, three medium heavy, typical, you know, just not technique specific rod isn't a typical, you know, crankbait rod for sure. some, but it works for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, same thing with lines, you know, once you have confidence in something, I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, I think all of us kind of talk to people and maybe have people that we kind of mentor and work with a little bit here and there, they help mentor us. And we start getting that, you know, feedback from each other and try things out for ourselves and I'll find out what works for us, which is probably one of the hardest parts about fishing is because like, you know, what works for you, Dave, you know, especially, you know, in certain tournaments, I could go out and try and do the same thing and I could never do it. Yeah. But yeah. it was just the well, same vice cool. versa. I mean, cock fishing yeah. in general, like we're, we're here. I mean, cock fishing is fishing on a budget, right? We, I can't afford a bass boat. I can't, I don't want to afford a bass boat. I mean, I can't go buy eight pound, 10 pound, 12 pound, 14 pound, 20 pound, change it out every trip. I mean, 12 works for me. I keep it on, you know, I mean, really probably half the season. Never had an issue with breaking it off. Um, I do have eight pound, same P-line tactical. I throw um, some lighter stuff uh, like jerk bait if I want to get it down a little bit. Um, I do want to talk to you, Mark, about um, some braid again when we go to the expo because I need to up my game on that. Yeah, but Paul, yeah, another thing I want to hit on cranking too is you mentioned it. Get yourself. And I, I'm sure there's different brands that do it, but so the X the SLX brand the SLX line has the MGL reels. Mm -hmm. Get one. I mean, I threw in the wind. I threw that OG Slim on an MGL reel without issue. I mean, that is a game changer in my opinion. So, the, so that's the thing about crank baits that I think turn a lot of people off because you hear spinnerbaits and crankbaits when it's windy yeah. on points, that's when you throw them, but they, but you have like, you have to set up to throw them in the wind. And if you're spot locking in a kayak or you're anchored in a kayak, you have to throw into the wind because that's how your shit sets up, but that's how you should be throwing it. And so crank, not necessarily. In general, in general, in well, general. I, I have I have a debate in my mind now because I just put a, a anchor wizard on my kayak, right? I would love more than anything to put it on the front of my kayak because I mean, you're you're I can look at where the wind direction is. I can you know you don't have the much wobbling as you do in the back. But I'm like, well, I'm gonna snag I'm gonna snag my anchor line, right? And I'm trying to figure out. I'm sure you can do it, but to combo an anchor wizard with an anchor trolley because I, I used to use a trolley and, and love the freedom of it. So, so yes, you can, but I'm in a hoobie, and when the wind's blowing, I'm sorry, but whoa, team natives, team natives here, man. We sorry, ain't gonna start this shit tonight. <laughs> it wasn't in the rules, man. You didn't say it. Yeah, yeah. 
He gone. He gone. He ain't starting to <laughs> hoobie hate. <laughs> look, look, here's the deal, though. But using the anchor trolley, my line would get caught up in the rudder. Mm, yeah, because you guys, it hangs down, so, right? Right. So if I wanted to put the anchor in the back, so many times that line would get caught back up in there on the anchor trial. It, it pissed me off to no end. But I love that. But here's the deal: I like, I like throwing into the wind. The TOC at Kerr, or not the TOC, the the, the battle at the border at Kerr. Look, I where I was fishing these points when that wind kicked up at like eleven o'clock. Those points created mud lines on the back of that point. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking cranking the spinnerbait. And that's what I threw. I finished fourth. I should have finished first. I lost I lost two fucking fish that morning on top water. One at the boat. One uh, anyway, I threw the fuck I threw the lure as far as I could throw it at the marina. And I didn't quite make it there. And then that angered me because I didn't hit the boat that I was aiming at. But anyway. What marina was that? What point was that? I need that. I need mm-hmm. those waypoints. Because all I caught was spotted bass and curve. And maybe well, it was the marina off. I Hell, I can't even damn Hibernia. The marina at Hibernia. But that ain't where I caught the wind. The fish that I caught that put me where I was wasn't there. That's was a good fish. That was like a 19, wasn't it? That was a good fish. Huh? That was like a 19, wasn't it? 19 and a half. I know, yeah. It it absolutely choked. Yeah. Choked that spro little John. And what I did was I, I, I was coming into the creek. I saw the mud lines. I'm like, wind blowing mud line. I'm starting off with the square bill. Start off shallow. And I didn't catch it off the, the the point. I caught it in the pit. Like if you look at a point, I caught it in the armpit. They had set up shallow. Yeah, but anyway, my thing is like that. You got to find. I mean, for sure. Yeah, but my thing is with the crankbaits, right? So crank casting with crankbaits has come a long way in the last five years. You the a lot some crankbaits I still throw are an absolute to me now pain in the ass. Yeah, (laughs) because they they just they're so (laughs) light, especially your shallow running crankbaits. But the, I throw a lot of the Spro Little John because I can throw that some bitch a mile. Like I love how far it casts, and I love that that microchip bill. I like that stuff. But crankbait fishing, unless you're fishing shallow and you're fishing laydowns, you, those short little specific points, crankbaiting is a casting game oh, because you're right. trying to get a bait that is floating or semi-floating down to a certain level where that fish is 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 and is ready to bite before you bring it back up to the boat. And so mm-hmm. in a in a boat you have a lot more leverage to sling. In a kayak you don't get the leverage. Not to mention when you go to deep cranking that damn DD22 is pulling your boat towards it while you're trying to crank even twenty pound anchor, do that. Yeah. So, so you know, it's it's all the cranking is all about the cast, having a, a 
and it's not necessarily a good reel helps, obviously. A longer um a longer rod with that's not too soft, that's not too stiff helps. But that lure nowadays, right now, in this year and age, crankbaits are better casting lures. And so I go with the crankbaits that cast the best. I don't give a fuck how tight their wiggle is or what colors they have. I want some bitch that's going to be able to cast on my gear the farthest without me having to pick out a damn you know, net every other time. Yeah. Well, I'll say, one, use the wind as your friend. You know, always keep it at your back if you can because, yeah, you can't throw it into the wind, period. I mean, you got to – Don't say that. I, I, I try to, like, quarter the wind. Yeah, 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 quarter of the wind. yeah, it's definitely but I I cast into the wind 95% of the time on a point. I'm casting spinner baits and crank baits directly into the wind and bringing it over the point. Well, something to consider. So, so spinner bait has nothing to help you get deep. All that spinner weight wants to do is rise up. But uh, you have a lip on a crankbait. We ain't talking about deep. Yeah, we ain't talking no, about deep. We're just talking about casting and fishing. Yeah, but you can get away with with the wind at your back on a crankbait. Because I get it. Like, if you're if you're opposing forces on a spinnerbait, it's not going to work. It's going to rise to the surface. But but the crankbait, you, you've got that lip to help you get down. So you can you can go with the wind, even though it's pushing that way, and it'll, it'll fight against it. So use yeah. that to your advantage. That's all. In I'm general, saying. though. Crankbait fishing is hard in the wind, but that's one of the better times to crankbait yeah. fish. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, I, and I will say be flexible. Crazy thing. So back to firing up a school. Um, same day on a lake, I'd fired up a school in the morning with a DT6. Caught 30, 35 fish. Nothing huge, you know, two, you know, a couple two-pounders. So a different school I'd found about you know, I don't know, quarter, eighth of a mile, quarter mile away. Found them, knew they were there. Through the crankbait, through the DD6, could not get a bite, could not get a bite, could not get a bite. So I switched to a, uh, the other one I like throwing, and, and it's even, it's terrible. It's like a shad wrap. It's called a Berkeley Bad Shad. It's a little heavier than a shad wrap. But Bad Shad, I threw that thing in there, first cast. And I've never seen anything like it. They, they would not touch the DT6. They hammered the Bad Shad. I caught 25 fish. I caught a bunch of one and a half, two pounders. And then by the end of it, I caught a four and a half pounder out of it. Um, so is, is there something on your graph when you find that school that you're looking for? Or do you just see a school of fish? You know, like we can I, get them fired up with something. So number one is, is, is I would say, first off, it's map study. Because I'm not looking for fish. I'm looking for the spots. Whether it's, you know, an obvious point a not-so-obvious point, an offshore hump that may or may not be on your maps, whether you find it on your maps or when you're graphing, um, channel swings, whatever it is, different times of year are better. But when I look out there, I mean, you know, you see those fish. I mean, you can – usually you can tell if they're – you know, when I say schooling, you know, they can be – like I've, I've very rarely caught them cranking when they're actually busting the surface. I have. But typically they're feeding subsurface. And when you roll across them, I mean, I, I've had them where they've been stationary but it doesn't take long to fire them up. I've had them where it looks like spaghetti noodles and it's the first catch to throw into them. Um, but I'm looking, you know, on my graph when I'm looking for it, it's, it's the depth, obviously like you, you nailed it 10 to 15 feet in the summer. Um, it's hard bottom. So learn your, learn your graphs. If you can tell the, the returns, if it's soft bottom or hard bottom, always prefer rock, um, you know, 
I, I obviously, you know, at all costs, I try to avoid brush piles or anything like that because you're going to get snagged. Um, I'm looking for a hard bottom on on points that are kind of obscure. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's, it's pretty simple. Look, I don't buy lures because I'm a, a, a afraid to lose them. If I think throwing a crankbait into a brush pile is going to catch me a fish, I will throw that motherfucker into that brush pile and I will lose every one of my tackle box. Get your plug now. <laughs> before <laughs> before I'm like, shit, I ain't got nothing else to throw up in there. <laughs> Talk to Steve Perry, get your plug knocker made by him. He makes a great one. So <laughs> that's all you need. Usually, I, I usually I'm pretty good at getting them out. I mean, just because the, the one thing in my life I have patience with is getting hung up and trying to get it out. I have you some patience. Three with hours saving five dollars, won't you? <laughs> huh? You'll spend three hours saving five dollars, won't you? You damn right I will. I won't spend I'll, that I'll fucking long. Money. But look, after five minutes, if it ain't out, I'm I'm just Yankee. and then I'll, I'll I'll wait for about thirty seconds to see if it floats up to the top. And if it don't, <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> I'll buy I'll buy another one tomorrow. But uh yeah. All right, look. So we we getting up we getting up here almost at two hours. I said we was gonna keep this an hour and a half, but I, I said we we're probably hard. gonna go to two. We already gonna be over two. But let's get this here. Um, some great information on cranking. Uh, we, we spent an hour this episode talking about you and Mark's uh, journey in the Bass Nation Kayak uh, Championship which is great because that led us to what we hear to what we ended up talking about from a technique and lure perspective. Yeah. And so that was a great lead in. So Mark, tell us, do you, what, what are you going to leave us with, with our listeners, our fans, whatever the fuck they are, all tens and twenties of them. <laughs> what are you going to leave them with tonight? What am I going to leave them with tonight? Uh, I thought we were going to ask the special guest what he was going to leave it with, but well, we are. But you're first, Jesus Santa Claus. I mean, you can leave you can leave presents to (laughs) hundreds of millions of children in one single night, but you can't leave our listeners tonight with one piece of advice. Hey, (laughs) if I start now, when is it going to stop? You know, if I start now, I need at least. You know, to save my energy for that one special night of the year. No, um, you know, as <laughs> far as you know, it's, it's, yeah, I spend the whole year wrapping presents, Paul, just for that one night. Uh, so well, your elves wrap the presents. All you do is deliver and eat cookies. So not whatever not you want to call not it. Not in this labor shortage. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what I what I would say is just I, I think what we've kind of even discussed tonight a little bit is you're going to go through a journey when you're fishing, you know, and learning how to fish and finding kind of your strengths and techniques that you enjoy. And Dave mentioned it, I think where, you know, he went down to Texas with a literal bin full of baits and he pulls them out of the back of the truck and plops them down. We're like, what is that? Cause we had a whole bunch of other stuff, of course, cause we're camping for a week. And he opens it up and it's just baits everywhere. And I've got my my little, you know, compact Yektek black pack that in each, you know, plano I've got 
technique specific, you know, Ned heads with the Ned, you know, plastics and uh, my Dizzy Diamonds from Biz Bates and some shaky heads in one where I can do everything I need to in that one spot. I think just just focus on the journey that you've got, you know, through your fishing and find what you enjoy and love the most and want to kind of pursue because Dave goes out and cranks and kills it. And for me, I go out and I could crank for, you know, hours sometimes, not do anything and then go back to my strengths. And that's what I you know do well. And, you know, we both catch good fish and you just kind of find what you enjoy. And if everybody did cranking or everybody, you know, did bottom baits, you know, you wouldn't have enough spots for everybody to fish. So find what you enjoy, find what you're good at, find what you can succeed at using your electronics. I think that's the other thing I've worked with a couple of people recently on using electronics and now they're catching fish after, you know, struggling for months. Um, so learn your electronics, fish your strengths. Yeah. Side scan, know what a fish looks like on down scan as well. And, you know, fish your strengths. All right, Dave, we come to the time in Bass and Brews podcast. Mark, give you have to answer. Giving, huh? <laughs> Don't interrupt me. I can't hear. I'm colorblind. I can't Don't hear finish anything sentence, you're Dave. right now. <laughs> we come to the time in Bass and Brews podcast. That is the only time that's scripted, except either in the beginning, in the quarter, middle, three quarters, somewhere where I have to say bass and brews fishing, your weekly distraction from good, great podcasting content. Anyway, we're at the shotgun questions. We're going to start off with these before you get to thank the people that you should be thanking. So first question, these look, what are you doing? I've got something I'm going to, I'm going to use to thank people with. I forgot about till now. So I'll just well, say. Well, we, we ain't there yet, Hoss. Look, I'm just trying to improve your views. Cause you said, you said a, a box opening is what improves views. So I'm just trying to do you solid here. <laughs> well, look, we, we, we have fucking passed the time frame to do an unboxing. We should have done that shit at the first. We should have skipped your story of catching a catfish in you a butt hole in Indiana. <laughs> Well, let's, it, and done the unboxing first. Let's let's get it over with then, because this is an ode to your past guest. I'll be quick about this. <laughs> I was inspired right. because I love this dude. I've never met him. I just want to go out and have a fun time with him. And it's not you, Paul. Don't be offended, but you know, I I felt bad for the guy. So well, I went. Are we my, doing this now? Or are we waiting? We're to, doing oh, it right Jesus now. Christ. I'm I've lost control, I'm, y'all. I'm I've lost control. How do we remove Paul from the shotgun room? How do we remove Paul? Add ten minutes to the shotgun round anyway. Unboxing You're gonna know shit, who this person is. The, the rules are no one, no one tips off this person, right? That's the number one rule. I'm making rules on the show. I've only been on here for two hours. Get over, it, Paul. But this guy right here, he's gonna know who he is. Hopefully, he has stayed on here for two hours and one minutes and fifty one seconds. But I've got something for him. I want to hand him in person. Uh oh. So if you can see what that it's is, the old Bill Dance. That's the old yeah. Bill Dance sperm lure. Yep. Oh, Lord. I know who this is. You know oh, who my that Lord. is. So I want to replenish his stock, whether I see him on a ramp sometime, because I will finish, I will fish a QC event at some point, or maybe he'll come out here, or maybe we'll fish some podunk place somewhere. But you my, just my favorite made, thing was You like, just hey, made this, my heart full, Dave. 
this you just package made my is heart like beat up and looks like it was ran over by a car, but it's unopened and still good condition. So I said, well, what's more rough and tumble than who that guy goes to? So a bite fishing, buddy, Josh, if I want to see you on the water somewhere and this is yours, it has your name on it, you're going to catch a, a 10-pounder. Don't tip him off. He's got to watch this and find it. You can find me and you can get it. So we have a box opening. I have a gift. <laughs> We're complete. We can go to shotgun round, but I'm going to throw you for a loop, so just bear with me. I so, should see him at so Dave, if you want. <laughs> shout. So if he listens, let's find out. We'll give him two weeks like to it. message message me. Josh Josh has my cell phone number. So like Josh, it. abide fishing. You message me when you see this episode and what Dave just said. And the coup de gras, because Bill Dance was there in Texas last year. If I see him next weekend or a couple weeks. It's going to have a John Hancock on it, too. I will sit in that lawn. <laughs> Dave, if, this, if he doesn't say anything, I'm going to bring it down to Santee and have it at the weigh-in. And <laughs> I'll just be, like, talking to somebody and try and, like, be an earshot of him. Be like, man, did you see this? I got signed by Bill Dance and everything. And just see if he's like, wait, what? You got it? We, we, hey, hey, if that I want to be down there, so we got to do it together. Because, look. Look, I I watch every single one of Josh's YouTube videos. I watch I his I swear to God, I the only channel I watch every video is his. One, because he have a podcast, so I can't listen to that shit riding down the road. But I listen to it. So he I if he ain't listening, I try to get Josh to be a guest co-host. But this dude, believe it or not, is a huge introvert. And he's yeah. super duper nervous about being a guest co-host. It's like, dude, all you got to do is come on and drink shitty beer and sit there with a smile on your face. That's all you have to do. He hadn't done it yet. I told him I was going to guilt his ass into it. And right now, here right now, I want to know, the Bass and Brews podcast listeners, you go to a bide fishing and you tell his ass, he needs to be a guest co-host, and you harass the shit out of him, and give him five stars on his YouTube channel. But don't tell I said him the sperm eel coming. That's yeah. secret. I won't tell and him. The about the I, 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 I sat with him at uh, the weigh-in actually for Norman this past weekend. So I like it. And he had two right. rexes in well, guys, the uh, hey, Sandy we're, Cooper we're video last hours year. Now. So Paul, I want to get into the shotgun round with you. Um, I'm gonna. Well, where sure. are you going? You can't. I. I got I got to get another damn alcoholic beverage because it's my last oh, I one too. Know, I didn't know the the signal for that, so I'm, I didn't know. Jesus, that, right? But hey, man, so I think your listeners got sick and tired of you asking a shotgun round. It's not so much a shotgun round anymore because we all listen to it. We know what to expect. I have answers for you. They're going to be great entertainment, but I want to flip the script and I'm just going to roll with it. And you can cut me off if you want, but I got five questions for your shotgun round. Are you ready? Okay. You can ask me anything you want, but let's do tip for tat house. First, Crocs, Crocs or flip flops? Hey, dudes. Thanks to Mark Glendy. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. I've heard of Hey, dudes. Your last last guest brought them up, and and they're great. So comfortable. I mean, yeah, they're awesome. Hey, dudes. Thanks to Mark. Yep. I, I I only wear Crocs because I can take them off. When I get into the kayak very like quickly. It. And so like this this last weekend I'm fishing, 
and and boat bass boaters are coming by me. How you doing? Oh, you're catching fish. He's like, you're barefoot. I'm like, all right. And so I can't just be like, yeah, I got to tell them why I'm barefoot. <laughs> so, so when it warms up, honestly, I've had the same pair of Chaco sandals since I was in college. They've, they've, they've served me well. So that's what I wear in, in the summertime. If we're, I guess well, that's look, not really a flip-flop, but it's a floppy type. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Hey, all right. Grits and hash browns. <laughs> Listen up. Pineapple or pineapple <laughs> no, pizza, my, yes or, or no? Buddy. Tip for tat. Grits or hash browns. Grits all right. Your question browns. next. Your question next. Grits or hash browns? Oh, fucking grits. Who the fuck eats hash browns on purpose? It's a great answer. But, People that don't like grits. I, gr- I, I worked at a place where we grew our own grits and gr- and ground them up. A, bre- a breakfast food you can put cheese in and shrimp on top. What can go wrong? Grits ain't breakfast. Grits are a staple of eating food when you ain't got no money. All right, next question for you. What you got? Don't talk. Don't start talking about grits because I'm a grit connoisseur. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Generally no, but my favorite pizza, yes, is a Maui Wowie from Mellow Mushroom. Has pineapple. You know what? Bacon, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Base. Your favorite pizza sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder cricket or jackhammer? Jack. Wrong answer. <laughs> My answer is what I believe is the best answer for myself. <laughs> if, if you want to you get if you want to catch jackfish with your jackhammer all day, but hey, Thunder Creek is two dollars cheaper. Not as many people throw them. It's got a better thump, in my opinion. I'll tell you this: I'm going with the fucking CFL. Do y'all know what that is? Sounds dangerous. No, it's it is the CFL is a swing head. The the bladed jig from Z Man. Oh, swing head with the bladed I jig. Seen, I've seen Z-Man. the cross. I've seen the big blade. I've seen that. Oh Jesus Christ! Now I've got to go get my lures out, and I'm fat, and I can't get up out of my chair. Mark, what do you throw? Jackhammer or Thunder Cricket or whatever is the black market? I've never thrown a Thunder Cricket. Actually, never even had one. Have you ever even thrown? Have you ever even thrown a bladed jig, Mark? Yes, I have. Actually, I caught one of my my keepers uh, day two at the championship on a bladed jig, skipping it under docks. That what? That's news to me. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Hold out on me, man. I could have caught. Hold that. out. I could have caught that fifth one on day one. <laughs> so so swing head bladed jig. So actually, you know what? You got to do the uh, the switchblade from Queen Tackle. That's what you need. Shut the fuck up, Mark. What are you trying to do? Go to Queen Tackle right now and get us some (laughs) switchblades. Actually, yes. Queen Tackle, Hammerhead, their Hammerhead jigs are badass. With the rattle in the head? You can buy... Yeah, you can buy you can buy their their, their uh, bladed jigs, and you can bl- buy the the blade to put on front of crankbaits or whatever the hell you want to do. But let me tell you something, y'all. Right here now, Bailey and Andrew from Serious Angler have been guests on this podcast. Use Serious Angler twenty 
to get you a 20% discount. And you have got to go to Queen Tackle to get this stuff right now because they are going to be out in probably the next three to five weeks. They're going to be out. If they're not, wonderful. But go get that shit now. Serious Angler 20 to get you a 20% discount. Dave! All right, question three. What you got? All right. You going to spend more on a rod or a reel? On a rod. I need a good... Wait, wait. Did you have notes that you just looked at? No, I was, looking, at, I was looking down because I, I was looking down at these because Pull I was throwing anything but an SLS. Pull up. I said a rod or reel, and he's like... No, I'm, so I looked down and said I got an SLX and an SLX NLD or NGL. I don't really get a point of reference. But both of those reels are more than those rods. Same price. Oh, but, shit. See, but I would spend more on a rod for oh, a, good, shit. a good glass slash glass composite deep cranking rod. That's what I would spend my money on. Do you have one of those? No, I don't. That's why I spend money. <laughs> this man, this man is the worst promoter ever he should have at least said the rod brand and name that he would have bought if they would have given it to him <laughs> I, no i'm taking mark's rod that he just this, wanted yeah to i was gonna it. say this is why this is why he yeah. wants the seven six gas house custom rod that i won from queen city shout out to uh shout out to curtis and uh gas house custom rods for the giveaway uh, yeah beautiful rod I hope you hate it. Hey. <laughs> but hey, how awful cool is will, that to go to a wink, tournament wink, yeah. and not win the money, but you get to win a custom ass fucking glass ride? Yeah. Well, Mark picked on not, me all the time. It's not a glass rod, actually. I did talk to Curtis about it. It is uh it's it is a graphite, but it is a, a crankbait uh specific rod. So rods have come so far. That oh, yeah. the glass versus composite versus graphite at this point, the mm-hmm. differences are so minimal. It is, I mean, whole different ball game with rods out. But anyway, we'll get to that. But that's a cool ass damn rod to, to win. I mean, that's awesome. I can't All right, what's that. your next one, Dave? Chick fil A sauce or Polynesian sauce? Polynesian all day long. I, I, would, I would I would pour if my wife would let me, I'd pour it on her and lick it off. I, I like I like the intent, but it's Chick-fil-A sauce all day. But, Polynesian you know, sauce. I, I was introduced to that years ago and every single time. Polynesian. At, at the end of the day, we just feel sorry for the people who don't have Chick-fil-A's in their life. I mean, I think yeah. I think they've expanded their footprint almost everywhere, but Polynesian sauce with a few squirts of hot cock. Whoa, whoa. This is a family uh, program. Whoa. <laughs> Talking about Texas hot Pete? Co- what is hot cock? No, 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 no. Hot cock is sriracha. Um, He's got that lingo. I thought he was talking about poppycock or something from those Massachusetts boys. That, I, that's a big thing up there. Anyway, I'm next. <laughs> next question. In a three-hour session, you want to catch one seven. Oh, you don't have to Thank finish you. the question. <laughs> I've caught two in my life. I just caught one 
a week and a half ago. There's no no brainer. You just said you ain't caught no fish in the last two weeks, but here a week and a half ago you caught a crankbait. I said on a crankbait. Cranking. Haven't caught a crankbait fish since November. Caught a ton of big fish. Caught an eight and a half pounder two weeks ago. See, this is why I have a guest co-host because I'm so in thought about the thoughts that I'm going to ask. I can't hear everything. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. You have officially been crowned the third best guest co-host behind (laughs) Cupcake and and Tiffany. And Jeff Malott, you're fourth. Can't I be tied with Jeff just to just to be tied? Like I'm it your friend. Like how, I'm your friend, and I'm, be I'm behind I don't, Jeff. I don't, so. you, you are, but Jeff Jeff has a professional microphone in front of his face. The beard would get in the way. He can't do it. I mean, I could I do mean, a professional microphone, but Santa Claus can do anything, and so can Abraham from Genesis. Four options. Popper, frog, buzz bait, walking bait. What you going for top water? Walking bait every fucking single time. Fuck the rest of them. They suck. V twin buzz. Oh, he threw the V. He threw the V out there. I like the V twin buzz from uh, True South. You remember how I I whooped on those guys that, well, at least whooped on you at that uh, spring month long? With 105 and three quarters or whatever I had, V twin. The V twin. <laughs> I tell you, I felt, I felt it. It ain't cheap. That Rio Rico man for a pop bar. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I'm not patient enough to fish a popper, but secondly, you can fish popper fast, fall. dude. What are you talking about? Oh, I, I know, I know. No, no, no. Get a Rio Rico and burn it. Okay. Rio Rico right, and burn listen. it. Listen. <laughs> I'll take the Spook Junior, not the Super Spook, not the Puppy, the the big one in the middle, which is I think four inches. So I'll walk it, love a walking bait. Sometimes I'll reel it, three or four reels, let it sit, three or four reels, let it sit, and it does this. It goes tight. I'll do both, and you, the reeling. Like that's the kind of shit that I would give can't look Carter until <laughs> just throw that shit out there and reel it in. And that would outfish me. But that's give him a like, bait. but but see, that's the thing though. When when people see that spook or that walking bait, they throw it out there and they want to walk the dog the whole time. Fast, slow, whatever, walk the dog. But if you take that thing and you reel it, give it three or four real quick, real quick reels. And it does this little shimmy, and like then it sits. Mark, this is where you intervene and say, "Stop! No, that's bad. Yeah. It's bad. No." I mean, I get it. It's like a snake, but anyways. Hey, if you want a snake, that's... you got one of these. Mark, I'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a snake that's going to try to impregnate you, <laughs> Dave Hart has the lure for your for your wife. My eBay store will be open tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Wacky or Texas rig? Wacky. Believe it or not, I never threw a Texas rig last year. I probably need to change that this year. I'll wacky rig it, but I'm Nico rigging it. I ain't throwing a fucking true wacky rig. 
it's going to have a Nico rig in it or I'm throwing a a, a crankbait. <laughs> I'll, I'll only throw it until June. Let's put it that way. But after, yeah, I'll throw it. Yeah. Back. All right. Reese's Pieces or M&M's? Reese's Pieces, Beeses, Weeses. That's I'm the best, the best, hard, best candy coated deliciousness yep. ever. Yeah. What about it, the M M&M and M peanut butter? No. Do you like the M M&M and M peanut butter? The, the Reese's Reese's the Reese's candy will melt in your hand way slower than the all the M and M's. Well, and put it this way: so I, you know, in the South, I've learned peanuts in your Coca Cola, and I've learned M and M's in your popcorn. First Reese's of all, peanuts in your Coca Cola might be the dumbest shit a Southerner has ever hey, come up with. Hey, it keeps them from dipping tobacco all day. I give it to them. Whatever. It takes a couple hours off your life. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy now. I'm just going that deep. Peanuts and Coca-Cola ain't keeping no Southern from chewing no tobacco. I can tell you that now. <laughs> you done fucked up with that statement. You have lost all credibility. It is my turn. Oh, shit, if I don't drop the phone off. Flow jams or hype music? Whatever Mark Glennie's band's playing. <laughs> I will say this. Dave sent me uh, Jay-Z's Don't... What is it? Don't Knock the Hustle. Don't Knock the Hustle on a Saturday. Yeah. Hype music. So we going inspired by the Super Bowl halftime Hype show. music. Hype music. Hey, hey, what is... Now, Alex, I don't know how we got our... Any of our intro music or our little skeleton in the bathtub and shit. But, but Mark, I would be interested in you and your band creating us an outro music or a little preview music that goes with our social media post. So maybe you can, you can get us something together for Bass and Brews and we'll send you a high five. I'll play the triangle. (laughs) I'll team up with Dave. Dave's a, Dave's a good guitarist. He came over when we were doing the map study and was, playing so, uh, a few songs so marks we marks ready. marks on the bass guitar what do you what do you play i Dave. so i play acoustic and and sang sang a little bit i spent many late nights at the aviator pub and draft house by the train track oh shit aviator dad you talking my shit dude <laughs> you, right. you might have seen me there at some point no i i have i haven't been there that late because i have kids i'm 40 years old and I still have yet to get my prostate examined, so I do not go out that late anymore. I don't either. That's why I quit doing it. <laughs> that was horrible, this, man. We played till this, two. Pack this is before you had kids, five. probably, Paul. Sorry, Mark. I- no, I was I was just gonna try and take a, uh, a stance for you. It was probably before he had kids. But what he was trying to say is that Mark started playing the guitar back in Genesis one. Versus three. I invented the guitar. And he plays <laughs> in the style of Genesis, which is the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Arguably, it could be. <laughs> Easy now. The Beatles have that record. Everybody else can be argued behind them. But anyway, we're, yeah. this is not a rock and roll podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, get- I would tell you, I would tell you that uh, 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 anyway, go with your next question. Let's roll. I'm it. I hit my five. We're on to the three proteins. See? Oh, jeez. I thought <laughs> you were going to challenge me, man. I answered your shit so good. Well, you oh. answered you answered four of the five wrong. Three of the five wrong. So <laughs> next time, I'll work on it. It's my podcast. What I say is correct is correct. 
There you go. Well, you inherited it. The torch, the torch will pass. You know, I can't. It all come. I can't. I cannot wait for that short ass, raspy <laughs> cigarette smoking voice motherfucker Alex from Swamp Rat Fishing gets back to this podcast. So then, is he, he in Tonga? All- Where is he? Like, we don't anybody know? I don't hey, know. Not at this point. Oh, I have caught a fish in the South Pacific. I I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, I know at one point I, I messaged his wife to because this was when the blizzard was going up. And I was like, hey, holler at if I can help you holler. It's like, you know, tell Alex I said, we ain't be able to talk to Alex. I'm like, I hope she ain't listening right because this ass gonna be in trouble. So I, I know it's been hard for me to talk to him. Shit, me and Matt motherfucker have been sending <laughs> email messages back and forth like twice a week. <laughs> But a Mandy, a Mandy, he's doing good. If he can't answer you, he always answers through me. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So we're getting down to the last two. Are you eating largemouth bass or not? No. Have you ever caught a spawning female bass and have smelled it? Now, I will say, I have witnessed firsthand the Upper Peninsula of Michigan State Fair, they have a whole pavilion that is dedicated to birthing animals. Pigs, goats, cows. It smells ungodly disgusting. And that's the same smell that a spawning female bass has. I'll never eat it, but I love beef. So take it for what it's worth. What about a spotted bass? I want to. I hear they're delicious. I want to go catch them. Let's go to Blues. A, a fucking spotted bass tastes up. Exact same as a goddamn largemouth. No, it's, it's it's the tuna of the bass. Oh my god! <laughs> you got two fucking Yankees arguing with a motherfucker that has grown up. I've eaten more. Hey, he's mid Atlantic. He's not a Yankee. I've never lived above it. Yep. So. No, not I'm that. Large not bass. that I won't take Dave as you know as a Yankee. He'd be more than welcome on our team, but. He is mid-Atlantic and lower, so. <laughs> Look, I will eat largemouth bass. And it shows. Filet. <laughs> so that explains I a will lot. Eat it. I will <laughs> eat it gutted with the head on it because a big largemouth, a six-pound six pound largemouth, those jaws, oh, my God, it's so delicious eating the head. Oh, That's what walleye is it for. You got to get walleye cheeks. Oh. So good. Motherfucker, hey, ain't no goddamn, motherfucker ain't no fucking walleye down here in North Carolina. Yeah, they are. They got them yes, in Gaston. They got them in Gaston. They got them out west. Yeah, they are. You get. I got buddies catching twenty inches out in Gaston. Uh, uh, we all got buddies catching eighteen pound largemouth in Jordan and Harris, but hey, we ain't, here, we ain't never seen them. I've seen. Forget, them. forget crappie. Forget whatever. White perch. Harris is full of them. McIntosh apparently is full of them. Yeah. White Best perch and Harris. fish I've had in a long time. Not as good as walleye, not as good as yellow perch. White perch. White perch fire. and Harris are gone. Last winter, it's all I could catch. I was catching like 12, 14 inch white perch. This year, I'd be taking a fucking cooler with ice in it because I'm going to catch at least four or five white perch to bring home at filet. Nope, nothing. Bitches Mark, Mark, Mark Camp Carmody or whatever the crappy guy, he he's he's kept them all. Yeah, I we, know. Had, we we had That's that uh, wildcat thing at Harris. Oh he, he shit. 80 of them. 
Oh, shit. Y'all gonna have to hold on. This motherfucker was recording everything I said <laughs> in my notes. In my notes for the notes that I have, don't fuck up while Alex is gone on Brass and Bruce podcast. <laughs> and here we are delete. two and a half hours later. Oh, shit. He, look, when he gets back, he thinks he's going to have 45-minute podcast. He <laughs> has lost his fucking mind. That shit ain't happening. I just want to know when part two starts. All right. So, this Dave, you've listened to this podcast enough. You know the question that's coming. You have practiced it. This question is very important because you might be like, and I know I've gone at least two episodes without mentioning it, so I'm going to bring it up now. Bailey from Serious Angler said probably the dumbest fucking answer ever. And then we've had one of our greatest guests ever and a fellow hooks at Hoodlum said cheese. (laughs) So... (laughs) You're going to have to answer this shit properly or you're going to live in infamy. We're going to nail it. I have the utmost confidence. What are your top three sandwich proteins? Number one, and your last guest stole the glory, is an egg. It's universal. You can put it on a biscuit for breakfast. You can put it on a cheeseburger for dinner. You can batter and fry any kind of meat or substance in it. It's an egg. Number one. Easy answer. Okay, you got fucking two more, so answer those at the same time. Number two. My favorite sandwich in the world, a beef short rib. Saxby Hall General Store. You lived in Chapel Hill. You know where it's at. Go to Saxby Hall General Store. Hell, get it, boy. House-made focaccia, braised short ribs with some caramelized onions, some smoked cheddar, and some uh, roasted fire roasted tomatoes. Can't mm. Beef mm. short ribs, number two. Number, number three. three. All right. For whatever reason, I garnered that this podcast is mostly watched by our northern brethren. I don't, you know, I've been out west. I've had an In-N-Out burger. I've had a Whataburger. Mark and I had a Whataburger. It was terrible. We should have just ate sardines out of a can. Terrible. Whatever Marky Mark and them are serving up in the Northeast is terrible. I've had an In-N-Out burger. I've had a Crystal Burger. The number one protein you can put on a sandwich is none other than a 100% never frozen cookout flame broiled patty. It's open till 4 a.m. I will give Mitch Lassiter a shout out because he (laughs) likes to start events so early that none of the breakfast joints are open. In-N-Out's open to 4 a.m. so I can just get up earlier, get a cheeseburger at cookout, get a milkshake. The end. Best hamburger patty in the nation. That's the truth. I will say this. They do flame broiled, good-ass hamburgers, but they will fuck up nine out of ten orders you make. They're going to fuck up. You're going to fuck up, brother. But, but, but here's the thing. Here, they're going to fuck up your fries and what goes on your burger and all that, but you're going to get a good-ass, juicy, But the protein is where it's burger. at. That's the, that's the topic. That's right. The that's right. They don't All right, that. Mark, tell us who you want to thank, buddy. Uh, I mean, first off, Paul and Alex. I know Alex is not here, but thank you guys for starting up Fuck this Alex. podcast. Given, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you mean that is a term of endearment for him. So, <laughs> uh, but just thank you guys for you know creating a place for. <laughs> 
you know, us kind of average Joes to get up and just talk fishing because I think that's one of the most fun things about the community and that. So uh, appreciate, you know, want to thank Dave for coming on and also want to kind of thank Dave for, you know, what we've been able to, I'd kind of say achieve together, uh, you know, over the last couple of years of getting to learn a lot about the kayak fishing game ourselves together and learn from each other and just being, um, you know, open and honest about what we're trying and you know whether it's successful or not and that's helped i think both of us go along the way um i do work with a few companies uh 13 fishing has been really coming a long way i know gerald swindle and chris aldane and brian latimer and you know a bunch of people are hopping on uh to the team with 13 fish and things are really uh advancing you know they've kind of gone through their growing pains early on years ago and just doing an awesome job there. Uh, Biz Bates and True South, the local North Carolina company, uh, they just did the uh, the Bourbon Blaze release. So check out their plastics and hard baits. Uh, they've got spinner baits, jigs, shaky heads, Ned rigs, um, amphibia eye gear. I see guys buying new sunglasses after they drop them in the drink, you know, and that. I never have to worry about it with the amphibias. Um, also great uh, ANSI rated lenses, so I don't have to worry about a weight going through my lens and hitting in the eye. Um, and Liquid Mayhem, I know spring's coming up. You know, a lot of those fish are moving up shallow. You need something just to make it a little bit more realistic. And Liquid Mayhem uses the real juice in it. So I know uh, we've got local guys, too, that, you know, with uh, bass juice and things like that with the juice. Uh, Gotten to catch up with them a little bit. Awesome people. So if you're looking to support local, pick up some of the juice. Uh, and if you're looking for another variation that's a little bit different, check out Liquid Man. So, but, uh, and uh, JB Langley, uh, they make some great outdoor stuff. I know the outdoor stuff market is pretty flooded, uh, but they kind of take a little bit different approach with kind of the look and styling of it. And it made my life actually in Texas a lot easier because I wasn't dying of heat or sunburn because i had my legs covered everything else covered and uh big part uh because of them so yeah day buddy who you got to thank well uh, first and foremost i mean i don't have any sponsors you know this whole content creation thing i'm new to you know just happy to have the opportunity to fish these local chapters uh so first off alex for this you know hopefully he catches a fish in the south pacific we see a picture of it paul for you buddy you're over here. Yep. Hey, we haven't fished together yet, but let's do it because I'll keep up with you. You'll keep up with me, whatever. We'll move. We'll rip arms off. Um, Mark, man, you're like an old hat. You know, we we met, hit it off. We hadn't seen each other in a couple months. The, the bromance will continue here in a couple weekends. It's not going to be weird. But uh, <laughs> separate rooms. <laughs> looking, for, <laughs> looking forward to, you know, I will say, you know, Mark's a good influence. I actually did buy a black pack and, and going to consolidate and, and go smaller because at the end of the day, like you said, I've got a gazillion baits, but you know, in Texas, I caught fish on three of them, and I got to keep that in mind. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to, to continue to learn from Mark and others. Um, I will say shout out to – so I, I have fished and will fish um, the three local chapters here. So Mitch with CCKF and Eric Nelson with CKA and Vince with Queen City. Um, I think Vince is the only one I haven't met in uh, person, but I will – uh, Vinny, not Vince, sorry. Yeah. Vinny, 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 Vinny. <laughs> the commission. The commission. Hey, look, he got spiky room. hair, so you call him Vince, <laughs> yeah. Vinny, Vincent, you know, Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> That's why it don't matter. 
I don't know. But, uh, yeah, to those three guys, because, man, I, I know there was, you know, you know, two of them are old school. One of them is really big. Mitch with CCKF's new on the scene. And that's where I cut my teeth. So, I'll, you know, this upcoming year, I'll probably fish most events with them um, just because it's convenient for my schedule. Um, I'm also taking on, uh, got asked to join the, the Lunkers team with the KFL. So, shout out to all those guys on the team, uh, Matt Ortenzi and Matt Dunn, uh, Don Trail Sullivan, uh, Mike Wimmer, and uh, Steve Perry. So all those guys, um, if I'm missing any of them, sorry, but just appreciate the opportunity to fish with them. I mean, for me, it's just another way to learn and, and, you know, gain knowledge. Because again, like you don't know what you don't know. Like I, I have stuff to learn from those guys. I've already, you know, we've already coordinated really well. I have stuff to offer. Mark nailed it. Like my math study. Um, I have a jazz background. So just putting that into play, you know, with, with what techniques work for those guys. And um, I will say one thing I want to hit on too is um, kind of a, a uh, snap back since I don't have any sponsors to talk about. Um, I still got to earn my keep and, and figure that out. But, uh, you know, back to the Texas thing. I mean, I think it's no coincidence. Um, we were at the, the, uh, check-in for that. And, uh, you know, we didn't ask the guy to sit down. But he just happened to find our table. If it was myself, Mark and Justin Faircloth, who also fishes these local trails, John Stewart, the director of bass and those tournaments sat down with us. Um, it was meant to be, uh, he, he, he heard our grievances uh, we didn't even know half the story, at least I didn't, about what bass or bass was not in the kayak scene here in North Carolina. I know it wasn't existent. I know it was clunky. Um, but shout out to John Stewart because he listened. Um, however it panned out, I don't care. But we now have a means to go fish the bass nation in North Carolina through the three local trails. So back, you know, circle, full circle back to the three directors for coordinating that. You know, hey, we're all learning. Um, and I'll just say for those, you know, it's going to be clunky. There's guys that are, you know, not going to be happy with change. They're going to, you know, contest what, what is to be, you know, just let, let it play out, be patient. You know, you can only control what you can control. And that, that for me, just that goes on the water, you know, have an open mind, know your strengths, trust yourself, trust your inner instinct, you know, your instincts and let, let the rest play out because, you know, that's all we're here for. I, mean, I, I you know, I don't, I don't feel like I deserve to go, to a national stage and compete and beat some of these big names, but I did, you know, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but anybody can do it. It's any given Sunday mentality. I mean, Paul, you come from a football background, you know, it's, it's a game of inches. It's a game of matchups, play to your strengths and, and see how things fall out. And, and that's all you can do in this, in this game. Enjoy it. Be competitive. Don't fight each other. Fight the fish. The end. Hey, we have Moses. Mark Glenn and Al Borland, aka Dave chasing twenty kayak fishing from Tool Time, aka Home Improvement. Bass and Brews, your weekly distraction from high quality podcast content. We are out, fellas. Y'all stick around after after we do a little mojo videos so we can do the after hour stuff. Y'all check out Hooks at Hoodlums. They got the winter gear still right now because they're 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 they up in the north, but we got some spring and winter st- and and summer stuff coming. Check them out. Heels ten for a little bit of a discount. I got my Bass U hat on tonight. Check them out because I think this is the last month for sixty days off for what they're running. But y'all check them out. Thank y'all for coming on, fellas. Oh, shit, Dave done busted out, and he is eating the denti more. Mm. (laughs) We're going to have to have a podcast 
on country food because we got talked about some chili and some and some soup in the can. All right, we're out, y'all. I got a I got a new mid turny snack. We're out. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. <laughs>